Good morning, everybody. I'm Joshua. I'm Jamie. And we're, we're going to do, do some Daredevil. Daredevil. You know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm yeah. good because I've been reading some Daredevil comic books mm. and we get to talk about them. So that's I've been exciting. reading a lot of Daredevil oh, comic Oh, I'm sure books. you have. You're always so reading. So many. Um, yeah. uh, funnily enough, though, this this episode, episode 35, is not going to be Daredevil comics. It's going to be comics that Daredevil appeared in. Uh, we're going to go over a bunch of... I'm uh, going to do another one of these little guest appearance things. There was a couple that we, we were going to look at, but then we kind of went through them and found they were one panel and we'll... Mention them briefly just for the sake of it. But um, the majority of what we're going to be looking at today is a little bit of Amazing Spider-Man 219 featuring Matt Murdock lawyering. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Marvel Fanfare number one has a, a nice short story in it mm-hmm. uh, by um, Roger McKenzie, I think, and, mm-hmm. and Paul Smith. And the Marvel Team-Up Annual number four, which is great fun. Mm-hmm. And Moon Knight number 13, which is great fun. Um, and the, then let's just talk about the two that we're not going to talk about. The two that we're not going to talk about. Yeah. We're going to talk about the ones we're not going to talk about, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Marvel 2 and 178, which uh-huh. is uh, the thing in Wonder Man and uh, Matt and Foggy. I, th- I I can't even remember. I, I flicked through it, and I think they just walked past in yeah. the background. Or, or they're mentioned briefly as like lawyers that do things. They're buying hot dogs or something. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um, and then uh, ROM 23, in which it's a, a quick uh, series of cutaways of single panels of heroes looking for the wraiths, uh, space wraiths, mm-hmm. uh, that ROM, Powerman, and Iron Fist are uh, trying to track down. So uh, completists out there might want to flick through those books and look at them, but for the sake of expediency, <laughs> we are not going to talk about them. We're just going to yeah. talk about the ones that we mentioned. Um, so what do you want to start with, Jamie? Well, I actually wanted to start with a couple of quick uh, sad announcements, Okay, uh, unfortunately. Um, the first one um, is that, and this this will go out in a few weeks, so this might be redundant by then, but um, the first is that the, the creator of uh, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, uh, yeah, I saw Kazuo that. Koiki, mm-hmm. uh, uh, passed away yesterday. And um, the, the reason I mention him is that I think you can, uh, we've spoken about Frank Miller's uh, one is that he's a great creator. Mm-hmm. Lone Wolf and Cub uh, is an incredible series. Um, but the other thing is that Frank Miller's talked a lot about how he brought in a lot of uh, manga influences into Daredevil, especially at the, the, the uh, section that we're going to be looking at in the next episode. And um, you can definitely see a lot of influences from mm-hmm. um, um, Kayotsu Koiki in his work and in the storytelling techniques, in the pacing and stuff like that. And um, yeah, we just uh, wanted to to give a shout out to the great creator and uh, rest in peace buddy um and the other piece of news was that um uh news came out that bill mantler who we've mentioned a few times on the show mm-hmm. one of the creators uh, comic book writers from uh the 80s and uh, a little bit into the 90s 70s 80s 90s into that in that group um um i can't remember if we mentioned his story 
on here in the past, but he was in an accident in 1992, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, where he was hit by, he was in a hit and run accident. He was uh, rollerblading in New York and was hit by a car. The car fled. And he's had serious medical issues uh, for decades now. His brother's looking after him, and he's been. He he announced that, or his brother announced that there's a GoFundMe up to help with medical costs. Um, I, I've donated some money, and uh, if you are a fan of comics from that era, mm-hmm. uh, Bronze Age, and and around that that period, um, and you can, then please consider uh, looking for the uh, GoFundMe for um, Bill Mantlo and helping him out. Those are the two announcements. Yeah. Now, back to comics. And we are going to start... What do we want? I guess we could start with uh, Spider-Man. Okay, Amazing Spider-Man yeah, uh, ties, 219. Yeah, it ties into um, the previous issue of Daredevil that we spoke about, the mm-hmm. uh, Lady Killer one. Frank Miller did the cover. Frank Miller did the cover. Yeah. It's a really cool cover. Um, and the writer was Denny O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um, Dear, dear Danny. Danny uh, actually starts writing. I think he's the editor for a chunk of Frank Miller's mm-hmm. run. Um, and then uh, he takes over as a writer for a while. Um, and he has some fun issues, which we will cover yeah. and, and much th- later. This issue was fun for a couple reasons. Uh, number one, it's well, it's always fun when you when people try to break into a prison. Yeah. Th- that's always fun. <laughs> um, this one also has the Grey Gargoyle in it, which we, if you guys remember, we had a, a Daredevil Grey Gargo- uh, Gargoyle story yeah, with the from event, a while just back. touched Daredevil and, uh, and Iron Ca- Man. And yeah, just, and Iron Man turned him into stone. Yeah. And, then, and then the rest of the Avengers just left him there. To yeah, uh, they'll <laughs> like, be okay. Uh, they'll be all right. Hopefully somebody doesn't come by with a chisel and, a <laughs> <laughs> and break him up. Um, and then, uh, obviously, since we're talking about it, um, Daredevil makes an appearance, but he's actually not Daredevil in it. Uh, in this one, he is Matt Murdock. Yes. And uh, he does some lawyering because um, what ends up happening is Peter Parker, he goes and he breaks into Rikers Island mm-hmm. because he's looking to get some snapshots, some pictures for yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, he um, just wants those, them, yeah. them sweet, sweet Spidey pictures. He does, yeah. And remember at this point, Spider-Man's kind of, you know, he's not very, doesn't look very good in the public eye. Yeah. Um, but Peter Parker, you know, he's got a pretty good reputation for being a pretty stellar um, photographer. Yeah. And uh, he's going to Riker Island because it seems like a lot of the um, inmates have been breaking out. Yeah. And uh, he wants to capture that on, uh, on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, a, to kind of figure it out. And B to make a little cash on the side to pay for, um, he, I think he says he wants to take Aunt May out for a date. Yeah, isn't that nice? It is. That is that's so nice. He wants to take his dear old aunt out on the date. Yeah, yeah. and she's been, you know, she's always a little worried about him because yeah. he seems so tense all the time. Um, at, at this point, she we should mention that because um, it pl- comes into effect later in the issue. Aunt May is in a nursing home right yes, now. Yes, she is. Mm-hmm. She's got a couple of new friends. There's that that um, I can't remember when when we meet but there's a guy in a later maybe in a, a crossover later or a, another story where there's a guy who gets into some trouble and mm-hmm. um and uh, peter and daredevil i think are trying to help him out i try and remember right. his name but um yeah so spider-man um he, spider-man does he, it, he spider-man gets to rikers island pretty easily he, yeah he kind of mentions how easy it is to get there he uses a ferry he jumps on some rocks he leaps over the 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 um a barbed wire fence Mm -hmm. and then he's in and then he thinks you know i should change into my civvies yeah because he he makes he really points he points out here that you know spider-man if spider-man is seen 
uh, trying to break into uh, Rikers Island, he, they're gonna they're gonna lock him up and throw away the key. Yeah. But if Peter Parker gets caught, it's just kind of like a little misdemeanor, or just, or you know, it's just a, a little slap on the wrist. They'll, they'll ask questions, yeah. but that'll be it. Um, he gets there. He changes into his Peter Parker outfit, and his intention is to take pictures. Not just uh, I should mention the C aspect of this is that he wants to try and spur the authorities into working out why they're escaping yeah why they're escaping so that they do something as well it's kind of <laughs> neat that they're touching that they're touching base on this because you know throughout comics history so many supervillains have broken out of jail it yeah. happens all the time yeah arkham asylum and in, in dc <clears throat> universe i mean all these big famous you know prisons or asylums or they just can't hold their inmates in yeah they, they can't do it and, yeah. and and now we have now we know why now we, we know fi- why. We, we find, find out. out in this issue yeah so. um has he's Breaking in, he uh, he very quickly sees a few of the inmates just wandering around on their mm-hmm. way to a, a boat that's been set up to take them to the. Um, it seems like what's happening is a lot of the the people that are escaping aren't staying out there. They're mm-hmm. doing they're going onto um, onto Manhattan via a boat that's been set up, co- committing a couple of crimes, then coming back mm-hmm. and getting into prison and going. It couldn't have been us. We've been in here and yeah. uh, getting out of it that way. Um, he does a cool thing where he snaps a uh, an iron bar out of a window and throws it just to. <laughs> this is after he's taken a couple. He's, of yeah, photos. he takes a couple. Of, he's not stupid. He's good, yeah. he's got to get that JJ yeah. and some sweet, 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 sweet cash, sweet cash. So Aunt Macon had the dinner of her life. Yeah. So anyways, so he uh, <laughs> he he throws this iron bar. And uh, he throws it at three people that are lurking around because mm-hmm. uh, he's going to try to stop them. And as I mentioned earlier, one of them is the gray gargoyle, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Um, the second person is uh, Jonas Harrow or Harrow. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who he is. No. And then uh, he, uh, he's depicted as uh, he's a white dude with a mustache and glasses and kind of a crew cut. Kind of a cool he, he, mustache. He, yeah, he's wearing, um, I mean, I guess it looks like a prison uniform. It looks more like a doctor's uh, outfit yeah. or a dentist's outfit. Yeah. He's, I bet it's a little odd. Of, it's nice that they let them stay in their, their uniforms right. in yeah. prison. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. And then the third person is is in the shadow, and we never actually get a view of no, who it is. Shadow, he might be shadow head for all right. that. It could be. Uh, but anyway, uh, Gaga. Greg Gargoyle, Gargoyle, Greg Gargoyle, 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 grabs Greg Gage, dear Lord, Greg Gargoyle grabs the iron bar. We call him Gigi. Gigi grabs the, no, it's not going to help. <laughs> okay. Greg Gargoyle grabs the iron bar out of the hair as it's thrown at him, uh, turns it to stone. stone, because that's what he does, and then crushes it with his super strength, yeah. uh, turning it to dust, and then they all say, okay, we've been spotted, we should get back to our prison cells. Um, and at that point, at that point, a pri- couple of guards, yeah, the prison guards, they finally get on the scene yeah. and, um, rather than catch the three people that are trying to escape, <clears throat> they see Peter Parker draw their guns and, or, and arrest him because he's trespassing. Yeah. And, uh, they throw him into one of the adjacent jail cells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause know. that's what you would do. That's what you do. But, the, uh, but confiscate his camera. Yes. Uh, I, I wanted to mention that. And then mm-hmm. the camera ends up going to the warden Yeah, and the warden's name is Alexander Rue. Yeah. And he seems like a pretty beat down guy. Yeah. He's just tired. And, uh, so the camera's left on his desk and then, um, and then he makes the, the, the classic, the mistake. classic <laughs> super or not villain. Well, he's not really a super no, villain. villain. He's, he, he makes the classic mistake that always happens in so many comic books. Yeah. He goes, you know what? This camera might have some evidence that could, you know, that could this do could, me in. It, yeah. it could tear, it could tear, tear this whole, this whole operation down yeah. because um, 
So we kind of find out he's in a little bit. He's in on what's going on. Yeah, he's kind or at of least been, he's aware of. He's of aware what's of it because on. he's being kind of uh, coerced into yeah. allowing it to go on. So he says, "You know what? I better destroy this um, this cameras just so you know the evidence doesn't get out." And then he goes, "You know what?" I, I got to go do something, but so I'm going to leave it here in my office where no one will mess with it and I'll yeah. destroy it later. That's and the number one, mistake. number one mistake. Never do it later. Never he straps tr- it to a table and fires <laughs> yeah. up a laser then leaves. Yeah, like never kill him later, <laughs> never trap him later, never, never just, take care of it later. Just do it now. That yeah. should be rule number one. Do it now. He, I, I didn't realize he kind of looks like the, uh, I, I'm kind of blank on the actor's name, the guy who played Scotty in the original Star Trek. No, it does a little bit. That's funny. <laughs> James. Do, do, uh, so so he leaves um, uh, and leaves the camera on the desk, which somehow changes colors. And then um, in comes the, the, janitor. the janitor. And the janitor sees the, the camera. The janitor has a wicked five o'clock shadow yeah. and just smoking a cigarette. He, he looks a bit beat down. And I yeah. think he's like, I'm going to. He, I'm going to go out. He's basically saying, like, I've got to finish up work so I can go get drunk. Mm-hmm. And then he sees the camera and thinks, ah. He's like, I'm going to take this. I can pawn it off. Maybe I can get some money. Yeah. And the warden will never know it's me that took it. He'll never know. He'll never yeah. suspect. Yeah, this, no. this warden's an idiot, yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, that's, so that takes us back to Manhattan. And yeah. uh, we're in court right now because time has passed. And uh, uh, none other than Matt Murdock is representing Peter Parker in court. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's up against some shady-looking dude guy with, with an, an eye, eye patch. patch. Yeah, he's the one. He's the witness um, that comes forth and says Peter Parker's guilty. Judge, you need to throw him in jail, lose the key. Yeah. He's been orchestrating all of. That's the reason why he was in Rikers Island. He's been orchestrating he's all the all thing. these these breakouts, and you need to you know, you just. He's guilty. He's guilty. Yeah, he's the guy you want. Um, Matt's using the uh, the classic. Uh, um, I guess it's a First Amendment or something, but it's the the it's a protection of the press argument yeah. that he puts forth, and the the judge seems to be going with it until this guy steps up and says, uh, "Parker did it. I saws I saws him with my own eye." Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one who's been getting all the people out. He's guilty, and the judge says, "Well, that's confusing." So um, we're going to have a trial. We're going to have a trial, yeah. I guess. Uh, I'm going to set bail at $50,000. That is a lot of money. <laughs> That's a lot of a money in 1980. So what does Peter do? Oh, Pete, well, Peter knows yeah. that J. Jonah Jameson is just yeah. rolling in dough. He's rolling dough. He I'm, I'm going to get out. Yeah, I'm going to call worry, him. He's, he's going to give me he's the gonna cash. Because Matt's like, uh, hey, do you know anyone who could give you $50,000? What yeah. Matt should really be saying <laughs> is, if you know somebody who can pay $50,000 bail, then you should be paying me more because yeah. we know this is a charity case. <laughs> <laughs> the storefront's hurting right now, so yeah. come on, buddy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, so he phones up J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson says, absolutely not. Don't be ridiculous. I hope you like prison food. See you later. <laughs> Hangs it's up. It's so bad. And so there you go. Matt um, Matt says, you know, I'm going to do my best. Don't worry, I'll get you out. And, and Peter says, well, I'm in jail. He says, that guy... Uh, looks familiar. He was the guy that was with the guy with the eye patch. Was the guy that was with Great Gargoyle. Yeah. So we find out, even though we didn't see him, see his face no. earlier. That's the dude that was with uh, the Great he's, Gargoyle. He's the brains, and, dude, and he yeah. says, "You know what? My camera has evidence of the three of them." Um, Matt, if you can get a message out any way to anyone that might be able to get that camera, then um, then <clears throat> I'll be I'll be out of jail before you know it be able to take uh, Aunt May on that sweet, sweet date. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Excuse me. Um, and this is when we have a little moment where Matt walks away and he says, yeah, you know, whew, I'm tired. I've been all over the place doing lots of stuff as Daredevil. I've just finished, literally just finished my, my battle with the lady killer. Have you remember he had beer poured over him and got pretty bashed up in that encounter? Um, and he says, I, it's fine. I'll phone the warden. He seems like a clean cut guy. I'll phone him up. And uh, he phones up the prison property office. And they say, yep, nope, no camera here. It's gone missing. Good luck. And he goes back to Peter and says, well, you're stuck in jail, yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Try my best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go um, dress up as a red man and fight things. So that takes us um, to a different moment in Lower Manhattan where we well, go to the pawn shop. Well, and we see the bar, the, uh, the janitor. Our shady little janitor. He managed to shave. He, he got time to shave. He did shave, but he's still wearing <laughs> the same outfit. And the same and cigarette. He goes, he goes to the pawn shop, and mm-hmm. he pawns off the camera. He's looking for a lot of cash. The, yeah. the, the pawn store owner's like, no, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gives him a little bit of cash. Yeah. And then that's that. Yeah. But luckily, somebody paid Peter Parker's bell. Yeah. And you know what? Peter, it, this is one thing that this comic book kind of missed a beat on. So Aunt May gets all of her uh, all of her uh, her uh, bingo buddies in, um, in uh, <laughs> the Blue Rinse Brigade at yeah. the, the nursing home. <laughs> in the nursing home, and they put all their money together, mm-hmm. and they raise fifty thousand dollars in minutes in minutes to get uh. Peter out of jail. Yeah, and and Peter's like, "Oh, thanks, Aunt May," and he doesn't at no point does he feel bad. He, yeah. he has one line where he says something like, "Well, if if I do, this doesn't end up working out, then um, all the nursing home people, you know, their money would have been spent yeah. for nothing." But don't well, you he think does, he does? He, he, nah. he goes for a little walk where he's thinking, "I've got to find that camera otherwise." Yeah. But it, the, most of his he, thoughts are, "Otherwise, I'm in trouble." Yeah, he, he. I mean, Peter Parker loves Aunt May, and I mean, he, I mean, come on, he wants to take her on a hot date. Yeah. And he doesn't care enough about the fact that if I, if it was me, you know what I would have done. I would have said, I'll just stay in here mm-hmm. and uh, wait till the trial, and you old ladies keep your $50,000. Well, he has powers, and he, he he's thinking to himself, I'm going to find that camera or at least get more evidence. It just seemed a little bit out of character yeah. for me. So I don't know. He goes walking. He walks past the pawn shop and thinks, you know, if only I could find that camera. We have a quick cut of a kid buying the camera. Oh, no, it's, it's given to him. The, the pawn shop owner is... Um, his grandfather, it's his mm-hmm. little kid's grandfather, and he says, you know, I'm going to take some pictures of you doing your, um, uh, some scouts. There's some scouts event that he's going to take pictures of. He goes walking, uh, cut back to Peter, walks past the cowboy <laughs> randomly yeah. that's yeah, singing. I guess he's got a, a neighbor that, that sings. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Lonesome Pinky? No, that's his, that's, <laughs> those are... Uh, Oh, it's just oh, it's Mr. Pinkus. That's what he calls himself, his lonesome Pinky. But he's yeah. mis- he's Mr. the noisy neighbor, Mr. Pinkus. Pinkus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea if he's ever made an appearance before. Who knows? He probably has. Yeah. Um, so this is a Daredevil, not a Spider-Man podcast. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, so now Peter's back home, and, Peter's and, back home and I actually and he, really like this part. This is this is my favorite part. This, this is so thing. cool. So he thinks, you know, I left my costume because I was. I, if you remember, he changed into his civvies when mm-hmm. we got to Rikers Island. So what he did was he webbed his costume up put it to the mm-hmm. side of the building thought I'd be out of here in a couple of hours so I right. can get it. Um, but then he's like, well, I've got to get put my backup costume on and my backup <laughs> web shooters. And this is so great. He fi- he, he, the only <laughs> costume he has is a faded, small, tight one. Yeah, <laughs> and what's so awesome about it is is it literally is colored like it's faded. Yeah. And when it's just cool because you see Spider-Man. It's almost like a purplish... It's, it's, it, the blue and the, and the red have kind of you know combed together from yeah. being washed. 
And it's just, I don't know, it's it's so funny because they didn't have to do that. It's just a nice little, you know, it's a nice little, little tidbit. Yeah, yeah apparently he's been working on a, a, a new detergent to clean his costumes. Yeah. I guess fighting lizards is smelly or something. Or fighting right. I, I like it. I like it when writers take the time to actually kind of add these fun little things in yeah. there. It doesn't take very many panel space, so why not? Yeah, and it, it, it's funny. You get to see Spider-Man uh, swinging around in, in a faded uh, uniform. Faded uniform. So he's 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 out swinging, and he says, "You know, I can easily get to Rikers. I know the, the way. It's very easy." Um, and then we cut to inside the jail. Uh, the three guys, Eyepatch, Harrow, yeah. and Gargo, uh, questioning the janitor. So they figured out right away that it was, it was him. So he was wrong when he went in and stole that camera. He's yeah. like, the warden will never know. Well, maybe the warden doesn't know, but these three... Yeah, but how would they good. have figured it out? <laughs> You're the only dude. They, they could have done it. Um, so they say, what happened? He said, I pawned it. Uh, Smithies, Smitty's on 9th Avenue. And they go, get out of here. And if we ever see you again, we're going to kill you. Now we've got to get out of the jail and get that camera. So Spider-Man's on the, the boat again and uh, jumps over, gets over the barbed fence, sees his um, costume, his real costume that he left fallen out up into a tree. And this is so cool. So he, he he's like, you know what? He, I need to be in my regular costume. Yeah. So he changes out of his faded one, puts on his new one, mm-hmm. and then he he makes, uh, with his old costume, because he wants to make sure it's not found, yeah. he he makes a little spider ball yeah. uh, with, out of webbing, and he throws it in the water, and he's like, bye, we'll see you later. Thank you. You were a great costume. You were a great costume, Fady. Yeah, Fady. <laughs> Fady, man. They, I wonder if they ever put out faded Spider-Man action I'm sh- figure. I'm sure, ha- I'm sure they have. <laughs> um, so I want it, one now. Yeah, so anyway, so uh, Spider-Man is now looking like normal Spider-Man. And yeah, he's, he's and, vibrant again. And, and, and at that moment, he sees the gray gargoyle and uh, Harrow Haro or Harrow mm-hmm. uh, going to a boat, and then this is where uh, Spider-Man notices. Look, this is kind of odd. They're in this boat. Mm-hmm. You know, they're leaving again, and and uh, this kind of goes on what Jamie was saying earlier about how they're boating out and coming back. Yeah. And um, meanwhile, Eye Patch dude is interrogating the uh, warden, and, and we find out that, that he has something on the warden. The warden used to be his uh, commander in, in the war or something. Yeah. So, uh, and he's got some dirty some dirty laundry yeah. on the warden, and that's why the warden has been going along with this plan. And here we find out that what they're doing is is that they're committing crimes or living their lives, but they're using the prison as their secret headquarters. Yeah. What a perfect spot for a, a secret. great idea. Yeah, for a secret headquarters. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Throw them in jail? <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> so uh, Spider-Man ends up uh, um, following Greg Gargoyle and Harrow uh-huh. over to the pawn shop. Yep. And uh, they go inside. They find the camera. Um, they try to steal it. Um, Sp- to, Spider-Man gets in there and uh, they basically smash up a few things. Yeah, they, ha- they have a nice little fight. And yeah. ultimately what ends up happening is uh, oh one cool thing during the fight I liked was the great gar- the great gargoyle picked up a basketball yeah. turned it to stone yep. and then used and then threw it at Spider Man yeah. which I thought was pretty neat and then Spider Man did some awesome acrobatic dodge mm-hmm. to avoid it but and the, the camera's kind of on the floor and they're all fighting slowly yeah. like trying to grab it and getting pulled away and stuff like that um, they Spider Man webs Harrow and uses him as kind of like a, a bowler or something yeah. <laughs> spins him around <laughs> hits the great gargoyle with there's some fun little artwork him. in this one there is. Um, he gets outside. A crowd's formed now. They're having a little fight. And while Spider-Man's taking care of the Great Gargo, Harrow says, uh, uh, tough luck, buddy. I got your camera. Smashes it against the wall. And Spider-Man thinks, oh, I blew it. That was the evidence that would have got me off. And I'm done for now. Peter Parker's in jail. And 
he says, I, I don't even know. Oh, yeah, here it is. I was yeah. thinking, who says the film? It's yeah. Harrow says, uh, you lose. You and Peter Parker, for I have the camera, the film, and is now gone forever. And then the Smitty is in the crowd. And he says, did you say the film? Yeah. I just so happened to have the film right here. Yeah, I, I took it out of the camera. I was going to get it developed because yeah. I, I used that camera to take some pictures of my of my grandson. So. Yeah, so he says, here, here's the film. Um, you're so, saved. So the issue abruptly ends right there. So we yeah. have to kind of use our imagination. We figure that Peter Parker goes to trial. They find out that he's innocent, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Matt, Matt Murdock wins another case. Yeah. Uh, New York sexiest lawyer. And then Foggy finds some obscure thing yeah. that, that gets it all thrown out, yeah. and uh, and that's how it is. It was a, it was a fun issue. It was really I li- fun. I, I like seeing the Grey Gargoyle use his powers. It's cool. He's such a he's kind of a silly looking uh, supervillain, but yeah. it's fun. He's very silly. That yeah. outfit is absurdly mm-hmm. uh, like uh, the flamboyance of that outfit does not match his power. No, you turn things to stones, but you dress like <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it is. So that one's that. Uh, it's a fun little read. Um, it is a fun little What do you want to do next, Jamie? Do you want to do Moon Knight, Marvel Fanfare, or um, uh, the the annual? I think we should do Moon Knight next. Okay. Because I feel like it's when they first meet, right? E- I- this is the first story that they have to get. Yeah, this is where they first meet. Yeah, it is, and, yeah. And, and, and then four, they, they, they're together again. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a th- this when I picked it up, I was so excited because if you take a look at the cover, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's a fun little cover. Uh, um, the little tagline at the bottom. It, this is Moon Knight thirteen, by the way. It says uh, Daredevil and Moon Knight play a deadly game that nobody can win. You know, okay, whatever, that's neat. But then in the <laughs> background, you see a character that looks a lot like the Jester. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, is the Jester going to be in this? Mm. And then you go to page one, and and you find out that the Jester is the villain in it. Yeah. And I got super excited because I because me and Jamie love us some Jester. Yeah. But what I was even more excited about was the costume that he's wearing. He gets the it, classic. It's the classic costume. Yeah. Uh, before the change, so mm-hmm. uh, for those of you who've who've listened to us from the beginning, you know me and Jamie are fond of issues 42, 44, 45, and forty six, mm-hmm. and that that was when Stanley, you know, created the Jester and um, and Gene Colan did the art, and it was great, mm-hmm. and uh, and we really liked that costume. But it ended up, he ended up changing it at one point, and I think it was not a good move on Marvel's part because he didn't look near as cool. Yeah, and I feel like he might have lost a little bit of appeal based off of his appearance. Maybe not. I don't know. Mm. But because, I mean, you know, not too many people talk about the Jester today. Yeah. But the fact that he was in his classic costume got me so excited. I was like, yes. Yeah. And this is a fun one. This, this, is, a fun this one. is a very fun and one. And you could yeah. have won a 10-speed Formula 10 uh, Columbia bike as well. I, 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 was, that is I true. thought that might be what you were excited about. But that's that's the cover. So so for uh, for those of you who don't really know too much about the Jester, he's he um, everything to him is like a play. And he he uh, he puts himself in situations and he creates these scenarios where he gets to be like the director of the play, yeah, and the and main the star. star and mm-hmm. the main star. It's his everything world. is a uh, it's all a vanity him. piece for him, right? Yeah, and it's cool because this issue opens up with with the jester talking about you know he's like setting up the story. Yeah, he's pulling back the curtain on what's yeah. going to uh, unfold. Unfold, literally pulling back the yeah. curtain, and then we see, and it's also that this is Moon Knight. Um, uh, Bill Sankovich is the artist. Yeah, who is? Um, we'll see more of him later in in is the, this the Daredevil. His, is this his first Daredevil? It may well be. Yeah, yeah. It may well be. I can't remember if he. Um, I don't think he's done anything previous. I don't think I don't so think either. That I can remember. Either. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this this one is like a, a very 
uh, I don't want to, not comic booky or traditional look, but is uh, but Bill Sienkiewicz basically like reinvented a lot of or brought a, a very new and unique style to comic books I, around this period. But this is like just just before it starts to happen. Yeah, I think he. It, I don't know the best way to describe it, but to me, it's sort of like he makes the characters actually look like real people, mm-hmm. and then he takes a paintbrush and smears it. Yeah, and just I, exaggerates and I that, everything Yeah, I know that amazingly. sounds kind of weird, but like if you actually look at the characters, specifically their faces and their body types too, but yeah. their faces, they look like actual people faces, mm-hmm. not so much like their cartoon characters. Yeah. But then he adds this abstractness to it. Yeah. It, it's it's definitely a style that either you're going to like or dislike yeah. in, the, in, in the comic book world, because yeah. mm-hmm. it's very talented. It's great art. Um, so... Whether or not it goes with the comic book as well is, is mm-hmm. kind of up for your interpretation or uh, uh, your opinion. Yeah. And um, I feel like it works. I, I love yeah, his artwork. I, I, I think it works, yeah. Especially for Daredevil because Daredevil is kind of a, you know, dark in the shadows yeah. and he's dealing with his inner demons yeah, a little bit. But he's so. this handsome guy. He's always mm-hmm. being presented as like, they, they talk about how he's very, um, you know, Paul Newman-y, Robert yeah. Redford-y kind of looking. Um, I, do have a, I do have a confession to make. It was not really a confession, but um, oh. I knew very little about Moon Knight. You did? I, I knew what he looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played him in, in a game, <laughs> but I didn't really know much about him. So I it, love Moon Knight. So it was kind of fun to, to learn yeah. uh, learn about him. What I what I like about him is that even if you know stuff about him, it's so everything's so confusing is that you kind of... It, it, He's basically he's three he's he's one person he's, playing three people. He's one person playing three people to play one other person. Yeah, and uh, the way that he does it is that he adopts these personas based on what's needed in the story, mm-hmm. and uses them to to work the case until he can change into his moonlight. Is persona. he is he all there in the head? No, he's okay. It's, uh, they've they've played around with it a lot and, and presented him as being very uh, disconnected from reality and a lot, especially the more modern ones. It's very um, he can be very confused as a character, and, and um, he's he's really he's, he's a fascinating character. And this early run is really good. It gets it gets. I mean, Sangovetti's artwork just becomes next level during mm-hmm. this series. His covers alone are just. Have like you beautiful. read? Have you read all these? I've read. Yeah, when they first get, this was one of the comics I was really into when they first came out, and they, it was one of those awesome. ones that I would find dotted around and just be fascinated by them because mm-hmm. it is. It was like nothing else at that point. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't. I can't. I, this this is uh, sorry for the ignorance on my part, but I can't remember if uh, Doug Monick is the guy who was writing alongside Bill Sienkiewicz for for the entire run. But I think it was only like fifty issues in the first um, series. I, don't know, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's not it's not as many as uh, I wanted. <coughs> that's for sure. But so he's a great character, and um, it's his comic. So you know there is. A, there is a little bit of uh, uh, favoritism, favoritism, but yeah. uh, but the, the good thing about it is that they explain why there's a little uh, imbalance between the two characters. But uh, also going back to what what you were saying about the art, I really like how there's it's grounded in this incredible realism, but it's it's extended and warped in such a way. So it, the figure in the the figure work mm-hmm. is you know it's it's anatomically correct but then extended past I know that. It, so everything that's why I said it's like realistic way. with yeah. a paintbrush that just comes and smears it yeah. I don't know it, it, it's it's really cool yeah so this issue opens up uh, we're having breakfast at Grant Mansion and Grant 
mansion belongs to Moon Knight. Yeah. He's wealthy. Stephen Grum. Yeah, this um, one of his personas, of his personas. That, that he takes on. And he and he's reading the newspaper and he found out that one of his arch nemesis, mm-hmm. arch nemesis, <laughs> one of his arch ne- nemesis um, is being released um, from uh, what prison was it? Was it Rikers or? Sure. I bet it oh. is. Shaw, um, <laughs> who knows? I think well, um, the uh, uh, Jester is getting released from Rikers, um, so I think it is. And it's got to be Rikers because they yeah, were in there together. They're in there together. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mention the other guy's prison, but it does mention the Jester's. Uh, the Daredevil mentions Rikers, so um, yeah. so we see this thing which is happening that two two villains are being released at the same time. Uh, close. Um, almost. The same almost. Time. Um, uh, the the villain that is uh, Moon Knight's villain is um, what's his name? It's um, uh, uh, Ace Taggart. Yeah, Ace Taggart. Um, he's being released, and the um, Jester is being released several days later. Mm-hmm. So they team up in prison, and the Jester, obviously being the typical Jester, ends up taking control of the situation and yeah. becoming the boss of the two of them, which was perfect Jester. Yeah, and uh, he convinces him Taggart to be like, hey. We're going to team up. We're going to do this. But I need you to get things ready while, because I still have four days until I'm released. Yeah. And Taggart's like, no, I got to get revenge on Moon Knight. I got to do this now. I have these plans. And Jester's like, trust me. Yeah. You just you need to listen. You need to do this. You need to go prepare my costume, get all my big toys ready, mm-hmm. do all of that. And then it'll be the perfect plan. And, and Taggart goes along with it. Yeah. He and, says, OK, sure. Mm hmm. Uh, did, just so you know, I really hate Moon Knight, and uh, he's like, "Don't worry about it. I really hate uh, James Martin, the first the director who ever hired me to play." Surrounded yeah, by that was that was awesome. Yeah. That the, the the back all the way back to issue forty two, mm-hmm. we find out the origin of the Jester. Um, what made him, you know, become a bad guy mm-hmm. was. Uh, uh, he could, he finally hit that turning point because he wanted to be an actor and he thought yeah. he was great, but he was terrible. Yeah, and uh, the, and everybody knew it. And the the only thing he could end up getting a role in, even though he, you know, he's he, trained to he's trained the nth level in yeah, all uh, these in all of, of these things yeah. in his fighting and his acting. He's got all this training, but he's just not that good at acting. So um, the the director, his name was I'm sorry, I'm blanking. Uh, James out. Martin. James Martin mm-hmm. cast him as a role of basically a jester. Um, to be the guy that gets hit in the face with the uh, the um, uh, custard pie, the cream, custard, cream, the, the cream pies, pies yeah. and become the joke of the play, and everybody laughs at him. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up making him go that kind of him snap, make yeah. him snap. Um, so it's so awesome that they brought back that director. That mm-hmm. you know, so this is really a jester story above anything else. Yeah, absolutely, which it's, is pretty it's cool. Very much a jester story. Um, so when Jester gets released four days later, um, Daredevil was following him. He grabs onto the back of the cab and and. Uh, he's uh, Mr. Powers is dri- driven out to his mansion. Um, and he says to the cab driver, "Wait, uh, come back at six, and I'll give you a hefty tip." He lives outside of uh, what's the place? It's uh, Ingle Nook, Ingle Nook, outside of uh, Manhattan. I, wanna, I don't know if that's I a real place, but it's nice. Um, and the cab driver mentions, he says, "Hey, you're skinnier than I thought. My rear shocks must be going because Daredevil was riding on the." I know bike. it's awesome. Yeah. One thing I wanted to say that was kind of funny was, so Daredevil is 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 in Moon Knight are doing the exact same thing. They're basically tailing the the, the same the two criminals uh-huh. at different times, but they're for different reasons that are going to combine. Yeah, but but they're telling because they know that they're going to go commit yeah. a crime. Yeah, that just goes to show you how 
these people that have you know th- these heroes, we gotta let the law decide. Yeah. You know, we don't kill. They've served their time. But we're gonna track them now. Yeah. <laughs> they I mean, slip it's up like once. they obviously know the system doesn't work because yeah. if the system worked, they would go to jail for however long, two three years. Yeah. They would be reformed. They mm-hmm. would come out and then they would contribute to society. Yeah. But that's never the case, and they know it. Yeah. So why do so why do they trust in a system that they know doesn't work? Yeah, Daredevil's pretty harsh <laughs> in this one. He's kind of going along and he's just waiting for like even the slightest slip up so he yeah. can go down and fight. Um, uh, Moon Knight becomes um, Jake Lockley, one of the other personas. Does his rounds as a cab driver goes in and talks to all the people on the street. Hey, guys, have you heard anything about Tagger? And they all mention, nope, 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 nope. Um, then Daredevil's basically just... <laughs> Just lurking and stalking. I know, waiting jester. for him to do something. Yeah. The jester gets dressed into his classic costume. Oh, it's so great! And and and, and uh, he, he points out that um, Taggart did everything he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Get Set all everything the, up, all mm-hmm. the preparations ready for the you know, so that way the jester had enough time to scheme out that what they were going to do at the theater. Yeah. Um, and I love it that Daredevil's watching him. He's like, okay, so I see that he's got his big working toys, mm-hmm. and he's back in the supervillain costume. Hasn't done anything, but yet. that's not enough for me yeah. to take him in yet. So I'm going to keep. Can't following punch him. him in the face just yet. Yep. So um, what does he do? He d- he goes. He does the exact same thing. The jester um, has that same cab come and pick him up. After that hefty tip he left mm-hmm. earlier, yep. Daredevil catches a ride back on his uh, on the back bumper of the car, and mm-hmm. the and the uh, driver makes a comment. And Daredevil's so slick <laughs> that he that he's able to do that and not get caught. Yeah, he bounce <laughs> onto the back of a cab. Um, then we come back to Moonlight, who's watching as well. Um, and then there's a great moment where Daredevil swings into the path of Moonlight and says, oh, look, he's following that guy. Uh, the, the, the Moonlight's found out about the Jester connection at this mm-hmm. stage. So he started to find out. Like, the, he's trying to find the Jester. So he's mentioning, like, I've got this lead. And suddenly Daredevil swings in and says, oh, look, he's following him as well. I wonder what's going on. Um, I'd hate to be running into Daredevil again and again, he mentions briefly. Um, then what happens is a, uh, the jester's crossing the street and a car kind of screeches to a halt and the guy leans out and shouts, what's up with you, you crazy jerk? Didn't you see me driving here? This is the road. And he says, how dare you talk to me like that? And hits him in the face with one of his yo-yos. And that's when Daredevil <laughs> thinks, like, okay, I can punch finally, him now. <laughs> I can take him down. And what's so awesome about this moment um, it's very creatively written. Mm-hmm. So Moon Knight's watching all this, and he sees, okay, so if Daredevil ends up taking out the Jester, what's going to happen is is the Jester will not lead me to Taggart. Yeah, and, and that's I what Taggart. I want. I want Taggart. I don't care about the Jester. So what ends up happening, what everybody expects, we get a cool Daredevil and Moon Knight fight Yeah, because uh, the good guys end up fighting when they're both after the same thing, yeah. but they feel like the other one is getting in the way. Yeah, the, the artwork in this section is, is brilliant. What happens is you, you go from Daredevil looking heroic with his chin jutting out his radar sense saying okay i can go and get him now he jumps down moon knight throws one of his uh razor moon crescent uh weapons <clears throat> does he have a whole bunch of them just kind of like, nin- like, nin- like ninja stars mm-hmm. just lined up there yeah. um and he th- uh, daredevil thinks something's being thrown at me i've got to avoid it and then he goes oops it wasn't go- being thrown at me it was going for my line uh it cuts the line daredevil manages to to adjust his body enough that he can bounce and throw himself into a nearby building. Moonlight follows him in. He goes into a building and it's an arcade. Yeah, and so uh, this is so where they, they, it, they dampen it, his senses. Basically, it's great. I love when that happens because yeah. it makes complete sense. Where would Daredevil have trouble fighting? Yeah, in, in, in an arcade yeah. because of all of the noises and the throughout. Boop, all, boop, yeah, boop, boop, and, boop, and boop. they do that through all the panels. Yeah, 
so, there's so um, much there's so much text up on these panels um um writing out what the sounds are for yeah. for all the noise that the mm-hmm. machines are making. Yeah, so you kind of get that sense of being overwhelmed like like Daredevil is. Yeah. And and you know, Moon Knight is doing his thing of saying I don't want to fight you. I'm just trying to stop you from doing that one thing. Um and Daredevil says, "Nope, don't, I'm not buying that. I'm going to have to fight you." Um, this is it, and while this is happening, yeah. the jester is outside. And he's watching, and he's watching, and he's, and he's like, like oh, "This is great. This, this is, is perfect. Fantastic. And then he just skips along, da, 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 <laughs> and he leaves, leaving Daredevil and Moon Knight fighting. Yeah. It's awesome. So what happens is Moon Knight says, "I don't want to do this to you, Daredevil," and Daredevil says, "I don't know who you are." Um, and I, that's why I think it's their first meeting. I can't remember if they if they sell it like it's his first meeting in the other issue, but because um, there's also the issue of sometimes Daredevil starts fighting someone and another hero go can't you see that that's captain america and like uh <laughs> or yeah. that's someone else and he's yeah. like oh, uh, oh yeah didn't see that sorry guys <laughs> um so they're having this fight and and as you mentioned jester skip literally skips away he's so happy he says uh you know this is perfect uh, i'll let them two beat each other up um they they're both throw in their uh, billy clubs at each other which is great i love that that sequence and then what happens is that daredevil falls back and knocks into some of the kids that are playing the arcade yeah and he, and he hurts them yeah and they say what is wrong with you, you this is you and guys then, are heroes yeah. and we're here to play video games and we're you're just, messing it up we're just boop beep boop and, and and that's when daredevil and moon knight they realize okay you know what we should team up let's yeah. be friends Ta-ting. Ta-ting. And, and that's and that's how it goes. And, and they run. They run yeah. in unison. Um, we get to the stage of the Majestic Theater where Taggart is ready and waiting for the jester with his giant robot deadly toys yeah. and says, okay, good work, Taggart. Um, you wait in the truck. I'm going to go do my thing. And we, ha- we have some inner dialogue at some point where the jester in his head says Taggart is... You know he's used he's used up his usefulness, mm-hmm. so um, I'll take care of him later type mm-hmm. of deal. Yes, because a gesture is a one man show. Yeah, he doesn't need people; he just uses yeah. them. Um, so you get or Taggart. Taggart has been Taggart's such a, towed the line. No, he has. He's done yeah. everything he he's was broken told his to parole, do. probably. But there is. But, but but I mean, like he's a loyal a loyal number two. The gesture yeah. should have kept him around. Yeah, he's a he's a good one. He doesn't mm-hmm. answer back. So but he basically says, "You're really smart." <laughs> he says, "Like uh, I've done everything you've asked. I'm kind of blown away at how good these things are." <laughs> That's pretty much his. Role. So you even have somebody who admires you that yeah. works for you. So Jester Boy, thinks, Je- "Get rid of him." Yeah, get rid of him. Um, uh, so Jester goes into the theater, breaks into the theater while the play's going on with um, his big gigantic uh, uh, toy walking yeah. Jester uh, robots. He takes out the actors with some marbles, and then he gets to James Martin, who he zaps with an electric shock. And before he does that, he, he makes sure that James Martin knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, this is the perfect revenge story. You know, like, I'm going to take you out because you turned me into who I am today. And um, and then what happens is, is after this fight and after he takes out the um, uh, the actors, mm-hmm. he turns towards the audience and the audience like, uh, what's going on? And then he demands applause. Says, applaud, stand up and applaud. Yeah. And you, the stage manager, go and empty the box office and bring it to me. And all of you people that are in the audience applauding, mm-hmm. better bring all your valuables up and put them on there. And this was one thing that I thought was a little bit out of character for the jester. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really would have cared to empty out the uh, the 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 box office, the box or office, or steal the stuff from the people. Yeah, I guess, but it I d- also I think maybe he's it, just like he, he cares about the revenge and the art of it. I don't really think he cares so much about the payout. Yeah. 
I mean, unless he's realized that he needs the cash in order to do the schemes. But yeah. still, I, I kind of feel like it was a little bit out of character to ask the people to give in all their stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he has to pay for the helicopter rental or something. Because what happens is that while the heroes are running towards the theater... That's a nice, little theater, se- that's a thank se- you. nice segue tie-in. Um, he, he radios, <laughs> he walkie-talkies to... Uh, to Taggart and says, okay, the Taggart says the police are uh, really pouring in out here. And he says, don't worry, it's going to be fine. Uh, now for the next step, which is to get the helicopter to come to the roof and we'll get out of here. So Taggart goes back to the truck and says, on my way. And that's when Moonlight kicks him in the face. Yeah, oh man, he was waiting <laughs> so long yeah. to do that kick in the face. Yep. And then Taggart, or, and then, and then Moonlight um, ends up, or wait, I forget. Does, is it Moonlight that ends up flying the, uh, it's the helicopter. Frenchie is the pilot. Now this is where it gets a little confusing because Frenchie is his is Perso- right hand man, oh. but later on it becomes one of his personas. Oh, so it okay. gets really confusing at that point. So he uses one of his right hand men to, yeah. uh, or he uses his right hand man to fly the helicopter up to mm-hmm. the top because the jester had called for it, mm-hmm. and then the jester goes up to the rooftop. Actually, before he does, before he does that, Moonlight says, "I better go in and help Daredevil because he's going to be fine." Yeah. Jester and uh, Jester, uh, Daredevil sees uh, the uh, Manolis, the cop who says, you can't go in there, there's a bunch of um, um, hostages and uh, people will get hurt. And Daredevil, <laughs> Daredevil says, like, nah. yeah, whatever, dude, I'm whatever. going in. I'm going in. And then we get an awesome fight between Daredevil and Jester. Yeah. It's so much fun seeing them fight. We get to see the the exploding popcorn, exploding popcorn. with the gas, but luckily uh, um, Daredevil, Daredevil has pre- filters. He was prepared, so he has yeah. filters. You get the robots zapping him. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight joins in at this point. Uh, Jester gets a couple of nice uh, yo-yo hits to the head. Um, the crowd are trying to escape at this point, and there's little uh, toy planes that are explosives. <clears throat> the heroes are fighting. Uh, Jester gets a couple of really good hits. In he does, yeah. Um, and they're, they're going, they're going, they're going. And then Jester makes a break for it, and, and Daredevil's about let, to chase yeah, him. Yeah, and Moonlight lets him go. Yeah. Or Sorry, Moonlight. Moonlight lets him go, and Daredevil's like, what are you doing? Do we have to fight again? Yeah. It's so funny because <laughs> whenever you get in the way of mm-hmm. another hero, you're going to get pounded. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. These mm-hmm. heroes have a little they bit They have of a really tough time explaining things <laughs> quickly to stop it from happening. Which <laughs> they is, do. <clears throat> they think with their fists sometimes. Yeah. And Moon Knight's like, Daredevil, trust me. Back off, buddy. I know what's happening. He's going to go up to the roof, which he does. He's going to get up on the helicopter from that, you know, that classic, you know, climb up the rope. The ladder. The, lad- the mm-hmm. rope ladder while it's leaving. He's going to do that, which he does. And then... Oh, look at this. I know the pilot, which is Frenchie, you said. Mm-hmm. And Frenchie lowers um, the jester down into uh, the hands of the police, pretty yeah. much. And that's how it ends. And it ends, yeah, ends with both of them laughing at him. Daredevil <laughs> and, uh, and Moon Knight laughing. Um, it was fun. I love the jester, yeah. though. And the jester blames Tagger. I love that he blames Tagger. He's like, yeah. he betrayed me. Yeah. No, he got kicked in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super fun. Super fun episode, episode issue. And uh, that brings us to what did we say we were going to do next? We either one. We can do Marvel fanfare or let's do Marvel fanfare. Marvel fanfare. Um, one thing I, I wanted to say about Marvel fanfare. So um, I didn't know very much about this book. I had never read it, any of it previously. Had you read any Marvel fanfare, mm-hmm. Jamie? Yeah. Okay. I had never read any. I thought it was it was interesting because um, this is a dollar twenty five, yeah. which is huge. That's that, uh, not huge. That's very expensive for comic books at this time period. Because most of them are like fifty cents, right? Yeah. And um, uh, inside a Marvel fanfare, in the middle of it, there's this page, which is a pic, which is a um, drawings of the editor, 
mm-hmm. uh, explaining what Marvel fanfare is going to be. Yeah. And uh, the reason why it is so expensive is because, well, he makes a little joke, you know, we get to make more money. Yeah. Um, but but it's expensive because um, the the paper in the inside yeah. is no longer, it's not going to be the newsprint. It's newsprint. It's going to be the same material that they make the covers out of. Mm-hmm. I thought, that's really interesting. And it got me thinking, this is Marvel sort of doing something like what variant covers ended up becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, we need a way to charge more money mm-hmm. and we need a way to get, you know, people to pay more. How, yeah. ca- how can we do this? What is a gimmick that we can use? Mm-hmm. Um, because we can't just charge more for more, you know, for a little bit, a few more pages. We got to, you know, we have to do something a little bit creative. So let's use different paper stock. Right. Yeah. And, um, do, do you think that like this is the first time that um, a magazine is not newsprint or, or uh, that a comic is I not newsprint? Know. That's a good question. It's around that it, time. It, it must be because there, there was a shift towards Because the, he even said, the editor the, goes, let us know if you like it or not. Yeah. And uh, and obviously, you know, the, we're talking a, a 100% increase in price. Yeah. I mean, we're going 50 cents to $1.25, even more than 100% mm-hmm. in, increase in price, doubling it. So... Um, and you know they're using paper as the excuse to do that. Yeah, and and, and the quality of the, yeah. the creators was the other thing. But they, right. they kind of make light of that. And but I feel like it, this is kind of like leading into you know we can start yeah, doing prestige format. Yeah, we can age. start doing fancier like embossed embossed covers yeah. or those things. And yeah, and this was their first attempt to try something like I can that. See so that. they also did the graphic novels around this time. So I guess there's there's always they were always trying to find new mm-hmm. formats. The um, but yeah, this is the first. I mean, they, they, I, there's not much that's printed on newsprint anymore, except yeah. for as a gimmick. So it's kind of wild that this was, you know, this is 1981 or something, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the editor is Al Milgram. We should mention. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was I thought that was that, that was super interesting. Yeah. And uh, um, because you know this is it's it's smart it, from a business standpoint, but yeah. from, from a comic book fan. I mean, what are you thinking, Jamie? Back in 1981, are you going to spend a dollar twenty-five on this because the paper is uh, not well, newsprint? I would have spent. I think it was like sixty-five pence or oh, what was it? Oh, back okay, then? all right. It doesn't say on the cover, does it? No, but, um, I see how maybe it wasn't a dollar. Let's see, a dollar twenty-five back in back in them days, it would have been like 75, 80 pence. I wouldn't have. I'll be honest. That, I don't think I would have either. Almost all of my pocket money. Be, be, yeah, because here's the thing: because obviously, who was buying comic books back then? Well, obviously it was adults too, but there was a lot more kids than there are today. Yeah, a lot more kids yeah. and kids. You know, th- you they could ha- buy almost they had their allowance or you know almost mowing three lawns. comic books for this this. Right, so I don't think I would do it. Yeah. So I'm curious. I'm curious what the feedback was because he he asks for feedback. Yeah. I'm curious what people said if they were like, "This is great. I don't mind paying a little bit extra money. It's so nice having these awesome stories with these great creators on this really cool paper." Yeah. Or if they were like, "No, dude, go back to charging fifty cents because I don't. I, I can't afford dollar twenty five. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder because I know that um, a couple of the books now have gone up to like five dollars. Oh, well, right now the standard is three ninety nine yeah. for a normal comic book, yeah. and if there's, and that's for Marvel and DC for the main two, and then if anything, if anything is special about it, it goes up to four ninety nine mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah, and and they you know they added the digital code, yeah. which, let's be honest, most people that are buying the the floppy are not going to take the time to add it to the digital library. Yeah, I mean because if they do, then they might as well just buy the digital copy. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah. So that was kind of their how they could get it up to three ninety nine and make yeah, it. Yeah, that's wild. That, that's. Uh... But Marvel is quite a bit more expensive than DC of the main two. Is it really? It is. Yeah. Mm. And and up until a, a couple of years ago, DC had. I mean, don't quote me on this, but I'd say seventy five percent of their books were two ninety nine. Oh wow! And Marvel's been three ninety nine for several years. Yeah, like for the new fifty two, when that happened, everything was two ninety nine except mm-hmm. for Detective in Action and maybe Batman or something. Mm-hmm. And then when they did the rebirth, they started doing two books a, a month, mm-hmm. and they were releasing those for two ninety nine as well. Yeah, and then now it's starting to shape and get into into more three ninety nine. Yeah. And I know Marvel, I think Marvel was mad at DC. I mean, I could be talking on my butt here, but I think Marvel was mad at DC saying because you're keeping the price down on comic books. Yes. Like, no, like, like price fixing isn't legal, by the way, guys. But yeah. But no, but, but that's, but that's <laughs> yeah. what I mean, though. So, yeah. Oh, that's um, interesting. I, 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 don't, I haven't noticed. Um, I don't follow that side of things enough. Yeah. No. I do know that. Um, but let's be honest, though. I mean, four do- if you think about it, 50 cents back in 1981. Mm hmm is more money for a comic book than $4 is today. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. is. Inflationarily. And, yeah. yeah. And $1.25, that's a lot of money back in 1981. Yeah. 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 Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because it's 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 a monthly series. It's It used to be... The, the fanfare was every two months. Every two months, okay. I believe. Yeah, I was looking at the dates that they were released. Oh, right, okay. And I think it's every two months, at okay. least for a while. Yeah, because I know that... Um, you know, you'd, you'd you'd happily pay a little more for like an annual or a special or something like yeah. that. But for a and month, I mean, month. back those were like a hundred pages. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so anyway, after that, sorry, you have a, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. It's, yeah it's, I just don't yeah. apologize. This is fifty percent your podcast. You can talk about. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, Forty nine. So. I've got <laughs> ownership. <but>, um, <laughs> we we have a, a nice picture of a wall-eyed uh, Hulk as the next page. I just wanted to mentioned that one i like that picture yeah i wonder who drew that was it frank miller i don't know um anyway the story that we are gonna talk about is in marvel fanfare number one Mm -hmm. do you want to talk at all about the spider-man story i read it no no (laughs) um i'm gonna spend 30 seconds because this is half my podcast 49 percent okay um sorry it's 49 percent my podcast so um there's this lady who wants to go to the strength to the savage land savage i stay in the strange land i wants to go to savage land to try to uh, rekindle a relationship with an old flame mm-hmm. who happens to be Sauron. Yeah. Is, am I saying it right? Sauron? I always say that. Okay. Yeah. Um, who, who is Sauron? And, and for those of you who don't know Sauron, he's that big... Um, he's a like, lizard geneticist. He's, he's a, uh, a pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a big pterodactyl. And so she goes to um, um, Sam uh, Worthington... Or no, Sam... Warren Worthington III. Warrington III, who is Angel, mm-hmm. and uh, gets him to take... Uh, to uh, bring her to the Savage Land by offering a million dollars to a charity. And uh, Spider-Man ends up coming along because... Uh, sweet, uh, sweet photographs. Sweet photographs. He's being forced pretty much by J. Jonah Jameson. And what was great was, this was what I thought was so cool. Peter Parker, he goes, um, I'm not going to go to the Savage Land. I've been there before. I almost died. I'm not going to do that for you. Yeah. And 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 uh, he goes, or uh, J. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah Jameson goes, uh, yeah, you need to go. And then... Peter goes. There's only way, one way I'm gonna go. You have to do something for me. And 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 Jay Jonah's like, what? And uh, Peter Parker goes, you're gonna have to give me money. 
And James is like, no way. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to give you any money. I mean, just the idea of paying somebody ahead of time is so crazy for him. I thought that was so neat. So he ends up getting money. I had, this may, maybe this was the first time that he was paid in advance. Yeah, I don't know, but I thought I just wanted to say that because I thought it was so awesome. Because I like J. Jonah, Jonah Jameson, and I thought that was pretty cool that he really wanted him to go, mm-hmm. and but he has to give him money ahead. It's I don't know. I thought it was funny. So they end up <laughs> this 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 whole story ends at a cliffhanger. But so they go to the Savage Land. And uh, their plane crashes. Of course, it, it, Savage Land is 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 a hidden pocket in in, in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go there. Their plane crashes. There's a whole bunch of dinosaur creatures, and there are these big fights and everything. Um, they don't ever find Sauron. No. But anyway, so that was it. <laughs> I just thought it was. Fun. I just wanted to say it. Uh, I wanted to take my forty nine percent so I could talk about Peter yeah, Parker for, with uh, J. Jonah Jameson asking for money in advance. I thought that was funny. Excellent. So, anyways, go ahead, Jamie. Let's talk about Daredevil. Daredevil. Um, this is a little story that takes place in um, uh, Christmas. It's a Christmas story. We have a Santa yo ho ho Merry Christmas in with a, a cauldron collecting money, and he's doing it as part of a charity event that. Uh, Matt and Foggy and everyone gets involved in, which is that they collect a bunch of money and then they buy toys for the kids in the, in Hell's Kitchen or in a, a neighborhood of Hell's Kitchen. Um, and, of course, what happens is a couple of guys uh, mug Santa and steal all the money. He's super excited about how much money he's made, but they think, nope, we're going to take it. We've got some drugs to buy. And they beat him up, take his money, drag him into the snow, and um, we cut to Foggy. Um, it's the St. Michael's Hospice for Handicapped Children, so it's even like they're really laying it on. This is how bad these guys are, that they would do this to these poor kids. Um, and uh, Matt, um, who is it? Oh, it's uh, um, Foggy's wife. What's her name? Deborah um, Harris. Deborah Harris, thank Good you. Good old Debs. Matt Debs... Uh, uh, is that Heather? It is Heather, Heather yeah. Matt, Debs, Heather, Foggy are all hanging around talking about, well, if Santa doesn't show soon, someone's going to have to substitute. And who's the Who tubby? Who possibly yeah. dress up as yeah. Santa in this yeah. crowd? Yeah. Who, who's the tubby one? And man, they, uh, I don't who did the art on? Uh, uh, Paul Smith. Paul Smith. Mm-hmm. Man, the way that Paul Smith drew Foggy's face, Yeah. I mean, he looks cr- he looks <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Terry Austin's the inker. I think I can see a lot more Terry Austin than Paul Smith in this ink, and I would say that it almost—it's almost veering into um, uh, Arthur Adams when Terry Austin yeah. was inking him. It's that kind of territory, um, and they're—they're they're talking about it, and uh, Matt is brooding in the corner, thinking something's going wrong here. The, this guy has never missed a Christmas. Santa wouldn't do this to the kids. He is the sweetest guy. Um, what is the actual Santa's name? I can't remember. I'll look. You keep talking. I'll yeah. find it here. So he says, you know, something's not right here. And they're trying to dress up Foggy. And he jumps out the window and changes into his Batman, uh, Batman, his Daredevil costume. You said that because it's like a Daredevil, it's a Batman moment where they turn around and yeah. he's gone. That's yeah, they're like, hey, hey, when he does that. Um, so he, dre- he he goes out and he finds... Lewis. Lewis, yeah. He finds Lewis and finds him beating, uh, lying in the alleyway. He's been beating up... As he mentioned, he says, easy old timer, what's happening? He says, don't worry about me. This is the worst thing ever. I've let the kids down. Um, what an honorable Santa. Yeah, he says, you know, don't, my, my aches and pains are not important as to the problems that these kids are going through. And I just feel like I've let them down. I'm so hurt. And Daredevil says, you know, who, who did this to you? 
he says, junkies, mainliners, it doesn't matter. Uh, as long as bums like Haskell keep pushing poison on the streets, they'll keep robbing and getting it. A blind man could see that. Daredevil thinks Haskell. I've heard that name. He's a two-bit drug runner. I know where to find him. And he goes to a rundown tenement building and stands on the opposite roof using his senses, do 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 uh, listens in and thinks, yep, I'm going to find them. There's a bunch of heron users in there. They're talking about attacking Santa. So he jumps in the window and says, uh, okay, you guys did this. I'm going to do something to you now, and I'm going to punch you several times. And uh, they try to fight back, but it's Daredevil, man. Come on. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just taken, they've taken heron, one, and it's Daredevil. So he quickly takes them out, but one of them runs, of course, and runs into... Um, the he, manager's office. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he leads Daredevil to uh, the person that is yeah, doing, the yeah, doing the supply. Yeah, Mr. Haskell bursts in and says, you know, the big trouble, Daredevil's here. He's attacking us. He's after you. Haskell does his thing of like, you led him right to me, uh, slaps him around a little bit. Daredevil bursts in. There's some gunplay. <laughs> um, and it's kind of wild. Um He's about to take Haskell down, and the junkie jumps on his back and says, uh, I've got you, Daredevil, Mr. Haskell, you got to help me. And he says, no way. Grabs his suitcase full of cash and runs. And he's run he runs up to the rooftop, and Daredevil gets up there, and he's trying to, he's leaping from mm -hmm. roof to roof, which is uh, about 15 feet, as we discovered in the previous episode, because he's, uh, Daredevil mentioned that he measured the distance. and um, <laughs> Typical Daredevil. Mm-hmm. So he's doing these leaps, and Dada was like, don't be crazy. One, it's snowy. Two, you're just a mere human, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You haven't trained <laughs> and honed your, your, your senses and uh, physical prowess. It's, you're not at peak condition. And, of course, the guy jumps and slips and falls to his death. Um, a, a classic Daredevil moment. Someone fall into their death from a rooftop. Uh, the suitcase bursts open, and the cash comes raining down. Um... <laughs> like the Daredevil hit, sees him, hits the ground and says, you know, he deserved to pay for his crimes, but not like that. No. <laughs> Dude, you, you, how many people have died from rooftops in your... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you must be so used to that. Yeah. Gone. Gone. Um, and while that's happening, we cut to uh, Lewis, you said? Yeah, Lewis. Uh, Santa, he's walking along and he's still kind of moping and thinking, feeling terrible for what's happened. And he hears <laughs> the death scream as Haskell fell to his death. So it's a little bit before that. We, ah. And he thinks, oh, dear Lord, that scream was terrible. What could have happened? And then he looks up to this guy and says, you know, Lord, I don't ask much, but mm. I really want to do And I'm not even right asking for kids. myself. I'm not asking, asking for myself. the kids. Yeah, the kids. Yeah. You've got to get, just give me a miracle. Anything, anything at all. And the money starts raining down. And he feels Nothing up, like drug money. Yeah, nothing like the, the stench of blood on your $100 bills to make those kids happy. <laughs> um, it, it was a sweet little story. It's a sweet little story. So he... he, he Collects up the money and then he's able to be Santa. I tell you, it is. It, it's a cool. It's a cool moment. I uh, back in high school, I dressed up as Santa two years, yeah. and, and uh, read to kids. Oh. yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's something about it that makes you feel like you know when you have those kids looking up at you, like, oh yeah. my goodness, you're Santa Claus, and then being so innocent. Yep, it's really cool. Did you have a beard back in high school? Um, <laughs> um, I I could grow not <laughs> as full now, but yes, I could grow a beard. But no, I had I had a fake. Uh, oh, okay. I had, I had a fake beard. Had mm. I had the whole costume? I I 
had a little bit of padding in the belly. Nice. Uh, I have natural padding in my belly now. I don't think <laughs> I've ever I'm sure you didn't it. in high school, though. <laughs> no, I was a, a, yeah. a rake. I was I was 160 the, the, pounds or something. The padding in our bellies happens a little bit later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, uh, two other things I wanted to point out before we move on to uh, the annual number four for Spider-Man yes. team-up. Um, there's a couple of uh, fun... Um, uh, in this issue, there is some pinups as well. Oh yeah, there are. I there's really like this. One. I like this spider. There's, there's a, a Spider Man Silver, Silver Surfer, Surfer one. one. Yeah, and there's a Frank Miller Daredevil one. There is. It's so funny how you can just tell when it's Frank Miller. Absolutely. Yeah. You can just tell. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention that in, in addition to this issue being um, on the the, the paper uh, of the cover quality, mm-hmm. um, the editor also mentioned that. Um, uh, that you know these stories are going to feature art from artists that are usually only used for our covers. Mm-hmm. They wanted to say like the whole thing is going to be cover quality, not just yeah. the paper. But the other thing that that he mentioned was he said that um, um, as a result, the price is going to be higher. That's why we designed this comic to be direct sales only. Oh, yeah. It says we know that you discriminating readers are willing to pay more if you get a quality product. We think Marvel fanfare qualifies. Okay, so this was something that was directly to the comic stores it wasn't mm-hmm. um uh, returnable on the newsstands which right. is um i guess i think micronauts might have been one of the earlier ones as well um marvel had like four or five that they put out as direct sales re- very early on mm-hmm. um that makes sense this is collector's land that's why they don't care about what the kids are paying which is exactly what um variants are for yeah exactly. with the exception of like let's say there's an artist you really like let's let's say like you like jim lee and jim lee's yeah. doing a one in 50 variant you want that because you're a jim lee fan yeah and you want it for your collection but most of the people that collect variants are people that are just into the whole collecting part they don't care yeah, most about, of them get every single one yeah or they try to get and, and it, it's all about spending money mm-hmm. yeah did you ever get any uh, all all of the covers variants? Um, I did it a couple times, not so much. The only time I ever went overboard was when Frank Miller and Jim Lee did All Star Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. um, which um, the story ended up telling off. They never really finished it. Um, I don't think they did. Did they? they no, like it, it ended up being yeah. I can't remember how many issues it was, um, but uh, it was kind of a new retelling of the origin of Batman and Robin, specifically Robin. It was more of a Robin story than yeah. Batman. Um, but man, the artwork was so awesome in it, and 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 it had some really cool moments. But mm-hmm. n- neither of them could meet their deadlines. Um, <laughs> but specifically, I th- I don't know who was more to blame, Frank Miller or Jim Lee. I don't know, but they couldn't make their deadlines, so the book kept getting pushed back. It was yeah. supposed to be monthly, and then it turned into every two months, and then ended up fi- uh, fizzling out. But when I heard about that, because I had just read. Um, I was a little bit behind. You know, I would collect Batman, but I wouldn't read them for it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I'd buy them every month, and I'd be so far behind. And I was in college, and I was into girls and other things, so I mm-hmm. kind of stepped away for comics for a little bit. But um, I, uh, when I found out that Jim Lee and uh, Frank Miller, two of like the top people, were working together on a Batman book, who was my favorite superhero, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness! Like I have to get this. So they had three different variants. Mm-hmm. Um, they had. Uh, um, a Batman one, a Robin one, and then Frank Miller drew one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had all, I bought all three. I think that's the only time I've gotten every one. And it was only three at that point, I believe. Now it's like, you know, a thousand. Yeah. Like <laughs> d- d- Detective a Thousand at a hundred or, yeah. or something. But in addition to that, I ended up buying a whole bunch of copies of each because oh, right. I figured, you know, 10 years from now, I'd pay, pay for my, you know, my student loan bills and everything because yeah. I figured that this is going to be worth so much money, Oof. but just 
proof. I, I brought probably twenty copies, but the the truth the truth is is and because of things like you know variant covers and stuff, the you know the value of comic books has gone way down. Yeah, way down because there are so many versus. Mm-hmm you know, one, I mean, the only way now that it's like buying a pack of cards, I was yeah. really into buying those Marvel cards and, oh, and, yeah. and sports cards mm-hmm. too. But the, the, the only thing that's worth anything now are those special inserts that are rare to get. Yeah. Whereas it used to be the individual cards. So yeah, same thing happened with, with variants. Yeah. Um, I like it for the same, the, for the, I like it because a, it gives, it gives artists, um, work, mm-hmm. which I think it's great. Like detective 500 or detective 1000, I mean, it literally had like a hundred covers. Yeah. I don't know how many, how many, but that's DC paying a hundred different groups of creators yeah, money. That's, so that's so, true. So that I'm happy about. Yeah. Um, and and you get a get a book from a favorite creator, which mm-hmm. is also awesome. Yeah. Um, but but it it made it so there's no point in collecting uh, for future monetary value. Yeah. It's only for yourself now. Before, I mean, I mean, think about it. If we would have bought, you know, back in 1938. Uh, Action Comics number one. I mean, we, we wouldn't be sitting in your garage, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> do I don't know. We might be. We just wouldn't. We'd be able to do it more often because we wouldn't have to work. Well. But that's what I mean. Like yeah. it's it's kind of brought it down a little bit. But yeah. So yeah. So that's the only time. Uh, long answer. Sorry, long one answer. That's mm. the only time I ever bought everything was all three of the uh, number ones for Batman yeah. and Robin. I mm. had um, for X Men one. Uh, that was a little bit before I started collecting because that was early nineties. Yeah, um, I had some of those, but I didn't go out and like buy all the covers to make the big one. Or mm-hmm. um, yeah, what about yeah. you? No, the X Men one, I had all of those. That's yeah. the only time I think I've done it. Um, yeah, I I can't remember. I I can't think of any variant. Oh, I got. I guess this this counts. The uh, Justice League had the uh, they had a test cover. They. They had an issue three on just on the uh, Giffen Dematis, uh, uh, Kevin Maguire run. Mm-hmm. They had a test cover for issue three, and I went to a comic store to pick up my order and saw that there. And I think it was like a hundred and twenty pounds or something. And I would go there every week for years, looking at it and going, "Someday I'm going to get it. Someday." And then eventually they brought the price down, had a big sale, and I got it for a, a much lower price. I'm I'm I don't even care what it's worth now. It was just yeah. I remember just the, wanting the, it. That that's so true. Like um, when when DC did the new Fifty Two, mm-hmm. um, they were releasing um, uh, variants for their their top books, and in addition to, um, and it wasn't like a random variant. It was. You had a one in one, mm-hmm. which is your normal cover. Yeah. It had a one in twenty five. Yeah. And it had a one in two hundred. Uh-huh. And um I got for Batman, I got the one in twenty five variant. Um, but for, for Justice League, my my dad, because I was really into New Fifty Two when it came out, me and my, my buddy Ela, we went out and we, you know, mm-hmm. went to all the comic stores each week and bought all the number ones and Say what you you want about the new fifty two. I thought it was great because it got me back into getting, going into comic book shops and buying floppies and stuff, which yeah. I hadn't really done in a while. Yeah. Um, but my dad, as a Christmas gift, went online on eBay and bought me the one in two hundred. Oh wow! So I I still have from Justice League number one of the new fifty two, yeah. the Jim Lee and Scott Williams. Mm-hmm. It's a it's the cover button black and white. Black and white one. No, yeah. actually no, it's it's the David Finch. Uh, I I can't remember which one it is, but it's the one in two hundred. Yeah. Black and white. So I still have that. 
which is which is cool. Mm. Probably not worth anything anymore, but <laughs> uh, but at the time, everyone went out and were really looking for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I know there's there's been some really cool um, the the current Daredevil series bringing it uh-huh. back to Daredevil. Um, the um, the current issue has gone into a couple of reprints. Um, like issues one, two, I think around issue four got released this week, and so issue one, two, and three have, have reprinted. All of them are reprinted, and I put love other uh, covers. Out. I love that when you do a second printing, mm-hmm. always put another cover yeah. on it. And and what a couple of them, I think, I think it's the reprints have done. Um, John Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a bunch of illustrations of these these great collector. Uh, yellows that he put out in a, a portfolio in the 90s of Daredevil. Um, I had that. I can't remember where. That's in like long gone in my past, but I love that thing. It was just like six images that he put out. And I think they've basically taken those and colored them and turned them into covers. So. That's cool. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting when we talk about who who our favorite Daredevil artists are of all time. Yeah. Because cause you were really into Gene Colan. Yeah, and I know you still are, but yeah. I know you've been reading some of these uh, John oh, Romita Juniors, yeah. and you're really digging the John Romita oh, Junior. So it's going to be interesting to see if 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 he ends up taking the top spot over Gene Colan. I know he didn't yeah. draw as many, yeah. but you know that's all right. Yeah, yeah, you can't. No one can match Colan. Yeah. He was a for the monster. Um, for the mount, but um, anyways, yeah. The, the 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 one that I read the other day is just incredible. I can't wait to get to that one. Yeah. Like, uh, anyway, we're gonna co- uh, yeah. we, we are on. Uh, by the Marvel team up annual number four, Spider-Man. The the Marvel fanfare and Marvel team up annual number four um, aren't on the Marvel Unlimited app. We should mention, um, but you can get the Marvel, Marvel Comicsology. Marvel fanfare is only half the story. Really, I believe. Yeah, I don't think the Daredevil part is. Yeah, it is. Did you read it? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can buy it from uh, Comicsology yeah. as well. Oh damn it! I bought it. It's on. It's on. I the, own a physical on. copy. I bought a digital copy, and now I have a, a digital copy. It's and a physical. I have two digitals and one physical. You're keeping mar. You're keeping comics alive, James. I know. Okay. I hope that the people who worked on these get some kind of. A, you know, I do want to say one thing, and then we'll talk about Spider-Man um, Annual Four mm-hmm. or the or this uh, the, the team up. Team up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like 263 or 269 of Volume One Daredevil comics on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. Um, Amazing Spider-Man has every single one. Yeah. They've slowly been adding Daredevil into it, but they need to get on that. And yeah. so for our listeners, so they can, so follow, you can along, follow along at home. And they just need to add some more of those, like from the late 100s and the, the a lot yeah, of the I'm 200s. Yeah, I'm amazed that section is completely, like there's a, there's a gap in the Marvel Unlimited app that goes from 91 until like 215 or 16, I think it is. They like throw the Frank Miller in there because it was popular, mm-hmm. but then they leave so many gaps in, yeah. in between. And yeah. Frank Miller did a couple of weird little bits before he did the Born Again story with uh, uh, with David. It's surname, not going to even attempt to, because I always butcher it, M- M- Matsuchelli. Yeah, I, I, I'm so bad at names. Um, so anyways, <laughs> uh, Marvel Team-Up Annual 4. This is a fun one, and uh, what's cool is, A, we get a Daredevil villain, so that's always fun, uh-huh. even though it's and in the Spider-Man we get a Frank Miller cover. We get a Frank Miller cover. <coughs> and he writes it. And he writes it, and we get um, a really cool cast, a really yeah. fun cast. Spider-Man and Moon Knight and Iron Fist and Power Man and Daredevil. Pawns of the... 
Purple Man. Purple Man. Yeah. We find out Kilgrave's name in this. Uh, his first name. That was my question. Mm. If if uh, if uh, if that came in this one or if I think it, was it did. Before, I, yeah. Frank Miller likes giving them real names. So mm-hmm. I've realized he gave Wilson Fisk. He's a uh, he's a uh, Monica. He's uh, I don't think it's Monica. It's his real name, but uh, he gave him his name. Um, we open. It's Frank Miller and it's Herb Trimp and Mike Esposito are the artists. Um, it's it's great because it's a real like the storytelling and the artwork are all super silver agey. Mm-hmm. It's really drenched in that, but it's kind of like this nice, neat little handover. It's the, there are enough goofy moments in this that you just think this is fun to read. But mm-hmm. then there's, you know, Frank Miller's keeping it. He's keeping his uh, daredevil it's, themes alive. It's, in there. it's so funny though. This did not like if I would have had no idea that Frank Miller wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. It I would really, have had no idea. Yeah. If I didn't see that on the title yeah. page, because it's just it does not seem like a, especially with what's going on in Daredevil at this exact same time. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem at all like it's a so much Miller lighter story. than what yeah. uh, what people uh, think Frank Miller does. Um, so we open with Spider Man needing some of that sweet sweet photo cash. Uh, he's talking <laughs> about how he's been out all night and he hasn't he hasn't seen anything and he's you know J Jonah Jameson isn't going to give him a cent because all he's got is pictures of the new york skyline when um there's a crash there's a car crash and uh, a fender bender and he stops and takes some pictures and says well you know i might as well just take them just in case uh who knows maybe maybe <coughs> this will be more important than it looks um and he swings down to take a closer look says that's weird this this two really meaty looking guys like complete goons one of them looks like hammerhead and one of them looks like uh, <laughs> like the thinker or something um and uh there's a man who we don't really see clearly but he's presented as being almost in the shadows but it's all purple uh, mm-hmm. his outfit is all purple and you're not really sure if it's the shadows or if he is genuinely purple and uh, the the two meathead guys are like you have you've really done it now you you idiot we're gonna have to uh take care of you and he says no you're not you're gonna let go of me and and this is kind of the like on paper this is like a quick throwaway moment but if you think about it this is such a brutal thing this is such a he basically says you two are gonna punch each other into unconsciousness and these guys are like big big guys Mm -hmm. so they just start fighting and it goes on for a long time because they don't Neither of them are unconscious when he leaves. And there's yeah. a whole section of, of him talking to Spider-Man that comes up. Yeah. So they've just been punching each other for, for minutes. And just the idea of that, I don't know, that made me feel a little... <laughs> so as Jamie mentioned, uh, Spider-Man ends up, you know, fl- uh, not flying, he ends up swooping down Swoops on his down webbing. Swoops down and grabs him and says, hey guys, what's going on? Yeah, and he sees it as the Purple Man. Yeah. And then Purple Man automatically does his Purple Man charm. And yeah. he's like, get your hands off me. And Spider-Man's like, oops, sorry. Yeah, he says, and you're he, rude. Yeah, and he, just, he goes, I want you to go up on that light post. Yeah. And uh, just go, swing around. He goes, no, he goes, sing, he goes, uh, do some Shakespeare. Yeah. And this was great. Spider-Man starts to do Shakespeare and he does, you know, the famous line, uh, to be or not to me, and then uh, Romeo, Romeo, where art thou Romeo? And then he goes, uh, I don't really know Shakespeare. <laughs> and then Purple Man's like, uh, well, what do you know? And he goes, uh, how about um, Elvis Costello? Yeah, I know Elvis Costello. And then uh, Purple Man's like, okay, 
do some Elvis Costello. So then Spider-Man's up there singing. He sings Oliver's Army. Um, yeah. And uh, Purple Man... Yeah, Purple Man notices that the car that, that crashed into him... Yeah, into his purple Rolls into Royce, his, no less. Yeah, um, is carrying a whole bunch of that sweet old heroin. Yeah, the, the now it's a, It is a Frank Miller story. Now it's a Frank Miller story. Because <laughs> it's got sweet old heroin yeah, in it. So he goes, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> um, I don't really care. And uh, I don't really need money. Because I'm Purple Man and I can get money whenever I want. So this was interesting, but he just throws it on the ground and walks away. Awesome. Yeah. And as he's walking away, um, Spider Man singing Oliver's Army still, and the two guys are still punching each other. It's such a, I mean, throw away because it's like comic books and people punch each other all the time, but the thought of two giant men punching each other in the hope that one of them gets unconscious is just mm-hmm. just there's an get over it jamie I'm I, just kidding. I don't know why it's unnerved <laughs> me it unnerved me i guess it's because it's such a goofy story all around that but isn't it nice that he said punch until unconsciousness yeah. that means he's not they're not going to kill each other yeah, he just, just wants be, them to he, he could have said fight until one of you dies yeah and then he walks as he's walking away he says oh by the way uh, i was never here right yeah. And they all go, sure, correct, no problem. Um, and then we cut to... That includes Spider-Man. That includes Spider-Man. Uh, we cut to a, a big tower block and someone's saying, well, that's annoying. The cops have confiscated See, all the heroin and it was from, is it Detroit, I think? Did, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Detroit's going to be mad. Yeah, and it cuts to... Yeah, we find out that Kingpin is in this, which made me excited because I love me some Kingpin. Yeah. But I wanted to say that like this is a Frank Miller story, but this is not... Even close. This is to not a Frank Miller kingpin. No, no, but also this is not a, a a lair kingpin. Kingpin's lair, if you guys remember, in um, Daredevil, yeah. it looks like he's in a big open room com- with these big Venetian blinds. Yeah, and uh, cre- creating shadows and very yeah. dark in a bare room. This is like a. It's like a little. It's got a shag carpet. Yeah, it's got like a, a curtain with a crazy pan on it. Some nice. Yeah. he's got a, a an assistant who I don't I don't know if I've ever met her before, uh, but it's great. She's kind of sassy and back chats him a little bit, which I kind of like. I dig that. Yeah. Um. Like at one point, she says something to him like, "Well." Uh, she, she calls him out and saying, and he goes, you're not mad at me, are you? And he's like, I can never be mad at you. <laughs> well, he even said, he, he goes, um, like, I, I don't I don't kill the messenger. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's this issue. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. it happens later on, but he goes, I don't, because she's going to give him some very bad yeah. news. Yeah, he goes, no, I would never he do goes, I'm, is her name. Yeah, Hildy, I'm, I'm prepared. Go ahead and tell yeah. me. Even though it's really bad and it makes Kingpin really mad, yeah. he doesn't take it out on her. Another reason why Kingpin is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's sensible. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, uh, she says, Detroit's going to be mad at you. What are you going to do about it? And, and he says, that's not important. The, the, the money isn't important, and Detroit aren't important. I'm the kingpin of crime. What's important is that I want to find out what happened. Mm-hmm. We've got to find out what happened and take care of it. That's what people are going to be looking at here. They're, gonna, they're not going to say, where's our money? Because they know I'm good for it. They're just gonna say, "Oh, you let it slip up," and I've got to make sure that doesn't happen. So he calls in his he calls in like this super, like almost um, Lebowski looking hitman <laughs> that, that comes in. He's got like a super long beard. Um, Heinrich, uh, he says, uh, "I want you to find the owner of that purple Rolls Royce and bring him to me." And Heinrich comes in. He's got like a Agents of Shield gun in his hands and a swanky suit, and he says, uh, "I'm on it, boss." Um, then we cut to the police station where the two goons are bandaged up and um, 
Is it Manolis? It's not Manolis, is it? It's another cop. No, it's a it's it's a different guy. Yeah, it's someone who's got he's he's got much less hair. Um, uh, it's some lieutenant that's there, and he's saying, "Are you telling me you can't remember why you two were standing in the street having a fight with this car with heroin spilled everywhere?" And they're like, "Nope, can't remember a thing. We swear we're really honest. We wouldn't lie to you." And he's like. You you got to be kidding. So me. who swings into the room? Who swings into the room? Good old Daredevil. DD Daredevil, and he goes, "Stop! These guys are telling the truth. It was the Purple Man." Yep. Uh, let me tell you about the Purple Man. I've fought him many times, and only I can resist him. Only I. I'm yeah. the only one. I'm the only one. None of you can. Um, and uh, cop runs in and says, uh, "Zebediah, Zebediah Kilgrave yeah. is registered owner of the Rolls Royce, the purple Rolls Royce, and he uh, was is currently uh, checked in a, an address that's three blocks of the East River. He's a he's a hotel. He's staying at a very expensive. Is that suite. really his name, Zebediah? That's the first time I've ever heard it. I think." Yeah. I can't remember if he ever mentioned it in, in earlier issues because I always it's either Frank, or Frank Miller doesn't do any Purple Man. No, this is any Purple Man he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice work, Delaney. The cop says, and so he turns around and says, "See, Daredevil, what do you? Oh, he's oh, gone. You hate it when he does. Dang that. it, Batman! Oh, blast you, Batman, Red Batman." Um, and then we have a nice moment of Daredevil swinging going, I heard about it on the radio, but I wanted to look cool. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, I got to get out of here. Um, I got to find out if the purple man's involved, then only I can resist him again. Yeah. Only me, no one else, no one else. I'm but the best. Me. Everybody else. Uh, whilst he's swinging along, he sees a, a little fight going on. Someone's being mugged. He swings down and kicks the guys and says, be careful. Citizen, go report this to the police. I'll see you later. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, and now we enter... Um, I Peter guess Parker's our, apartment. Is it Peter Parker's it's apartment? It's Peter Parker's, yeah. Okay, so Aunt, Aunt May is on a break from the nursing home, she's I guess. Stay, she's staying over with Peter. They're just relaxing because he yeah. he's so stressed and yeah. tired. He's so... so He's, so he's drinking. He's drinking a bottle of soda pop. He's having some soda pop, and they're watching the news. The news mentions the story that happened: the Fifth Avenue shoppers witnessing the strange occurrence. Now, how did Peter? I don't remember. How did Peter Parker snap out of his 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 Costello? I don't know. Maybe maybe when the police came, he was shocked enough that he scarpered. Um, <laughs> Abba and Costello. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. Um, so he's. Uh, what, did, what did I say? <laughs> I said something wrong. Yeah. Um, so he's he's watching the news and they mention the stuff that's happening and his spider sense starts screaming and he's like, I wasn't there. I don't remember any of this. Hang on a second. Was I there? What's going on? And Aunt May says, Oh, dear, oh, Peter dear, you look so stressed. Yeah. Let's put on one of your records that you like. <laughs> and play you some of that Elvis Costello music that you so might like. And music. that and that makes him snap into that it. He's like, Whoa. I remember it all. Hey, I had my camera with I had me. My camera. Maybe I took some pictures. So mm -hmm. he goes, grabs the camera, gets it developed, yeah. and he realizes it is the purple man. I, I see him right there mm -hmm. in my photograph. So he so he changes into his uh, um, Spider Man underoos and swings through uh, New York City looking mm -hmm. for. Uh, is he heading? He's heading to the Plaza Hotel because he knows that Purple Man is staying no, there too. No, he just right? says if I cut, if I swing around my spider sense. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll and that leads and that leads him yeah. towards. The and he says if I was Plaza Daredevil, I'd probably know which hoods to punch to find out. Yeah. So Daredevil's got a rap as being a hood puncher. He is a hood puncher. He's a hood puncher. So Kingpin's um, really uh, 
swelly dressed um, Heinrich. Heinrich. Heinrich makes it is, to the plaza. He isn't cl- allowed past the, uh, the 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 doorman. But he's so res- so resourceful that he climbs up the building using suction cups. Using suction cups, mm-hmm. and he sees two guards inside a window standing a on their uh, two oh, policemen sorry. have been sent by yeah. the lieutenant. Yeah, that are standing on their heads, and he yeah. thinks this is rather odd. Ah. Um, then but he sees th- he sees a purple man leaving, so yeah. he he tells him follows. You know, very careful not to get too close yeah. to him. And I love that the pur- the pur- this is so funny. The, the purple man at this point, I just want to say, like he's kind of given up. He's bored of life yeah. because he can control anyone. Yeah, so. he's given up on crime too. He doesn't necessarily want to be a bad guy either. Mm. He doesn't care about he wants you know, some excitement. Yeah, in life. He, he wants a friend is what he really wants. Yeah. So he's just walking by. He and goes into park, sees two people, and he and goes, says, "You know, hey, we're gonna go on a we're gonna go on a on a carriage ride." Yeah. And then they're like, "Okay," and the guy's like, and he goes, "Not the guy. I don't want you. You leave. <laughs> I just want her. I want her." So they get into the carriage, and and it's just a funny moment where. Um, they're uh, driving along, and he says, yeah. uh, you're, you're very pretty. Kiss me. Kiss me. And then she kisses him and goes, you call that a kiss? Get out. <laughs> and then he kicks, he kicks her, her out. out. It's so funny. Yeah, and he says, there's no fun anymore. Yeah, my life my life is terrible. It yeah. sucks. And at that moment, Heinrich drops Heinrich out of a tree. Heinrich drops it out of a tree <laughs> with a gun and points it at him. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And Purple Man goes, He says, do not no, move. No. He goes, yeah, I tell you what. Why don't you point that gun at yeah, your own yeah, head? Yeah, point your, your gun at your And your, kill yourself. But I like this part because the Purple Man goes, no, hold on a second. Don't kill yourself. I want to know why you're here to kill me. Yeah. And that's and then he and then obviously he tells him all about Kingpin yeah. and all that type of stuff. So so now we're on to we're sp- back at the plaza. Yeah, and and now this is back to Spider Man. Spider Man shows up, smashes through the window. Uh, does a typical Daredevil move. Yeah, smashes through the window because he sees the two cops standing on their head and says, "What's going on? What is up with you?" And Daredevil's standing there, uh, and. Spider-Man says, what's up with these guys? Aren't they supposed to? I mean, I've heard of a flat-footed cop, but not a flat-headed cop. And then I was like, <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. That was terrible. Uh, he says, that's what Purple Man can do. Only I can resist him. Yeah. Listen to what I'm saying. Only me. Only me. So he throws a bucket of water over them, says, I've got an eye. I'm going to test my hypothesis, which is that if you give someone a shock, they'll come out of it. And look, it worked. And uh, Spider-Man says... Isn't it so funny, though, that Spider-Man jumped through this window and Daredevil didn't? That Daredevil's Daredevil just... Daredevil was just standing there, just with, a standing there with a bucket of water. Looking at his watch, going, I'm sure someone else is going to come by any <laughs> he, second. He probably walked in through the front door. He <laughs> <Yeah. and laughs> walked in, hey, hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, no, Dave. no, what he probably did was walk in as Matt Murdock, mm-hmm. got through the guards, changed yeah. <laughs> into his Daredevil. Walked past a plant and changed behind <laughs> the plant yeah. in a second. <laughs> Um, so they're, they, they're going along and, uh, Spider-Man says, my spider sense is going crazy again. Try and keep up old man. And, uh, I know it's all right, youngster. It's so funny that, that I always see them as the same age. Yeah. But they did establish in the, in the Daredevil issues that he's, he he was a teenager then. And, and Matt is like, uh, twenties, mid twenties or something. So I guess Matt's probably like 26, seven. And Peter's still nineteen, something like Matt's that. Matt's gotta be at least thirty. I don't think he's been superheroes are ever allowed to get to thirty. Oh, yes. Otherwise they, are. they make it a storyline. No, no, no. They no. definitely don't get past thirty. Batman and Superman are thirty five years old. No, that's yes, that's are. like the top end. No, they're, they're, they're not allowed past that. No, thirty five is the ideal age. Oh, I don't know. I, no, it is because if you're thirty five, you're old enough to know that you are you know, you've had enough life experience uh-huh. that you are a true. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say man because we're talking about male superheroes. You are a true man. Mm-hmm. You're 35 years old. You have, you know, like you have enough life experience mm-hmm. 
But if you're 36, it means you're closer to 40. And 40 means you're old. You know, so 35 is that. Thanks, Joshua. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying in comic book lore. Yeah. So they're saying you don't want to be 40 because no one wants to listen to a 40-year-old superhero. But if you're 35, yeah. you're you're strong. You have wisdom. You Right. You know. I think of it as them being like sports people. Uh, that shows how well how well versed I am in sports lexicon. Well, sports sporters. You're probably, well, sport, so you know you have people at their prime, and they're usually their mid to late twenties. Yeah, but you have some naturally yeah. talented people that are like eighteen, seventeen that that are into the sports, and then they age out at like they they peak at twenty five to twenty eight, and then they age out at like thirty three, thirty four. Thirty five is surprising, and forty is unheard of for most heavy duty sports except for like the one or two watch it watch any movie how old are you brad pitt i'm 35 yeah i know, I know what you you're george, saying how old are you george clooney i'm 35 it's always 35 because you're still on you're on the you're still in the, the i get what you're, you're at the saying. top of your 30s i just it's I just, just so th- funny to me because i see daredevil and i see him as an as, i mean as an accomplished lawyer how can a 26 year old be an accomplished lawyer who has done all of the, i think he's 28 Okay. Oh, now I feel better. Right? Twenty. That's perfect. <laughs> you got that extra two years yeah. in of lawyering and I everything. think he is. I think we've seen him run. I, I, we're gonna, I'm going to work it out. I'm going to come, not next episode, but the episode after, I'm going to give you a <laughs> lifeline of, of Dedo. I think in the current stories, he's older. Mm-hmm. I think he's like 30 in his 30s. Because there is, there is a, a formula for Marvel Comics, which I, I never remember, but it's something like a year is equivalent to a week or something like that. So... You know what we could do, mm. and we're not going to. But you know what we could do, we can go back through all six hundred issues, <laughs> and every time one takes place in the winter, yeah, that's a year, because let's say issue seventeen takes place in the winter, uh-huh. and then it's summer after that, and then issue fifty-five takes place in the winter, that's a year, yeah, and then we just have to figure out what year he started. Okay, Boom. we know we know that he was a certain age when he was blinded. We know that. Uh, well, but didn't it? Didn't Frank Miller make him older? He said that that happened. Yeah, he was a little older. He was, he was in college because he knows Foggy. Yeah. So, so that's way older. That's when he first becomes Daredevil. So what's that? Eighteen, nineteen. Um, you mean with the whole Electra thing when he yeah. puts on the? I think I think it was eight years after he became Daredevil is when the stories are set. So what would that be? He's he's soft. What sophomore? Second year? So twenty. So 28, that's what I'm going with. So he's 28 now or started out at 28? 28 during the Frank Miller. Oh, uh, okay. That's what I'm going with. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, <laughs> they see... They see uh, Spider-Man makes his old man quip. Uh, they see Kilgrave uh, in the buggy with uh, Heinrich, and Spider-Man's going down, and Daredevil says, Hey, don't rush in. I'm the only one who can resist him. <laughs> um, and they get down and uh, Spider-Man Man's grabs Heinrich's gun yeah. and says, right, that's it. Hand over the hardware, Fritz. Which seems, you know, it's a little... He doesn't know he's German at that point. <laughs> he's just presuming a lot just because this man is stylish. And uh, and he says, uh, buggy man. What do you call him? Buggy uh, driver. Take us to the nearest constabulary forthwith and he says uh all right and then purple man says there's no way he's 18 how could he talk like that (laughs) he doesn't even know shakespeare um and uh purple man says spider-man go take a flying leap and this is a great sequence oh my gosh this is amazing 
And he says, you're the boss. He climbs up to the top of a really and, tall building. And without even thinking, just jumps off. Yeah, just jumps off. And he's going to splatoo. He's, uh, he's falling. And uh, luckily, Daredevil swings by and says, um, you can relax now, son. I know. I love this. And, and Spider-Man's like, he goes, hey, what are you doing? Let go. And yeah. then uh, after Daredevil tells him to relax, Spider-Man, is, he says, the man said jump, so I jump. What's your beef? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, think, man, you didn't want to die. And he says, but he said. <laughs> and then we cut to Kilgrave walking into, this is this is my favorite sequence. Oh, of this. I love So Kilgrave this. walks in and he's brought to the kingpin and he says, oh, so you're the purple man. I've heard all about you. Your powers are legendary. You can tell anyone what to do. I thought you were dead. And we have a quick recap that um, they, they had the whole Rikers Island thing when he fled from from Daredevil when Daredevil fought uh, They thought Cobra. he was dead because yeah. he, he fell into the water. Yeah, he fell into the water. He assumed he drowned. Yeah, and he says, I thought you were dead. And he's like, well, water doesn't really hurt me in the way that you'd expect because I'm the purple man. Um, but whilst I was in that water, I had a lot of thinking to do. And you know what I thought about? And Pink Kingpin says, revenge? He goes, no. <laughs> I didn't think about revenge. I thought... This is a pain in the neck. I get punched around <laughs> every now and then. I think I'm all this and I can do all that, but it always ends up with me being hit. I hate this. I want to give this all up. I'm done. Who needs the grief? And he says, so I've decided to retire and just live large and be swanky. And I, it's really annoyed me that you've all come down on me. It just, I'm sorry I crashed into your car, I'm, but for the love of God, I just want to go back to the Ritz and order room service. And Kingpin says... Uh, that is a waste, dude. That is such a waste. And then he shoots his cane. Yeah, he says, "I no." The purple man says, "I, I, I'm. You're insulting me. I'm leaving." And he goes to walk out. And yeah, Kingpin yeah. shoots his cane, which has a name. It is the uh, the obliterator cane. Yeah, which uh, which I never actually. I don't remember reading. I, I know that it was, he had the ability to do this with his cane, but I can't yeah. remember him using it. No. Yeah, it, it, he doesn't. Maybe he used it a lot in Spider-Man back in the day. He or must something, have done. This which is, very is another much reason Spider-Man why this doesn't seem like a Frank Miller yeah. story. But um, he says, if you try and leave, I will. Did I you, will shoot you in the back. Yeah, and but did you notice? I thought it was kind of cool that um, um, Purple Man actually turned his back to to Kingpin. Yeah, he didn't order him around. He didn't no, say, he "Okay, said, you're, you're going to sit there and do nothing while I leave." Yeah, he just he was so confident in that what he told Kingpin. That he he didn't think Kingpin would you know try to mess with him. Yeah, that's pretty brave. Yeah, Kingpin must have a rep at this point as well. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so Kingpin says, you know, if you try to leave, I will shoot you in the back. You're wasting your powers. And Purple Man says, you don't get to threaten me. I am Purple Man. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know what? This is getting boring. Shoot yourself in the head right now. So Kingpin points the obliterator cane at his skull, smiles, laughs, and says, no. I'll be giving the orders now. Oh, so awesome. I just wish Kingpin would have been drawn a little bit differently. Yeah. Because this this is such a cool scene. (laughs) Yeah. He says, uh, I have have plans. I'm going to use your powers. You're going to do what I say. Um, You are going to get all of my enemies into one single place. And Purple Man is just like... You resisted. How did you do that? I've only known one other person. (laughs) Who, who, Jamie? Who? Daredevil. Oh, Daredevil. He even mentioned it. He says, Daredevil's yeah. the only one who can resist. Um, but there's also she- Shana, Sheena, Shana, whatever yeah, her name she- was. No, 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 no. She resisted uh, Oh, that was uh, the Mandra. Yeah. The Mandra. You're getting right. your... Uh, getting my villains mixed up. Um, so uh, he says, so here's the plan. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, and you're going to follow it to my plan to the T, and then they're all going to die. 
<clears throat> we're introduced to the next two heroes, uh, not the last, but the next two heroes. Power Man and Iron Fist are leaving, having watched the Kung Fu movie. Um, Luke Cage says, that was great, right? And and Iron Fist says, no, that was really disrespectful. Kung Fu isn't just like something that you kick people in the face mm-hmm. with. It's like a <laughs> spiritual understanding. It's, and he's like, dude, come on. It was great. He punched someone through a wall. Come on. Come on. You enjoy <laughs> it, right? And they're driving along, and someone's driving by and opens fire and starts shooting at someone. Uh, Luke Cage jumps in the way and ruins another shirt. He mentions that yeah. his shirts get ruined a lot in this. <laughs> <clears throat> and he says, okay, you take care of the car. I'm going to block the guns. Uh, the movie is Image of El Jeffy that they were watching, if anyone wants to go and watch a kung fu movie. Um, uh, I like their banter between each other. Yeah, they're great. That's such a good pair. Yeah. Uh, Iron Fist kicks the, uh, the car window through, and the car flips over. He drags the guy out, um, and um, they call the police car over. And they go back to they go back to their own office. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because Luke Luke Cage is like, "Follow me. We'll take the lady with hey us, lady. And, and and she's going to tell us what's going on, but she's yeah. going to do it at our pad." Yeah, it's kind of weird. You arrest that guy. <laughs> we'll take care of this. And you they get back in uh, Misty Knight and um, oh, what is the other one's name? Yeah, she's from she's from the show. Uh, yeah. Colleen. Colleen. Yeah, yeah, Colleen and Misty Knight are there, and they're a little bit like. The, the way you're talking to this girl getting on our nerves. Yeah. He's like, hey, honey, what's going what's on? What's up, Sugar? doll? Hey, doll. Um, <laughs> any idea why those creeps are chasing you? And uh, she mentions, I overheard two men are planning to kill somebody. They saw me and sent their friends after me. And mentions a charity show. The first seed is planted. Well, we actually heard about this charity show um, when uh, Aunt May was watching the TV with Peter Parker, yeah. and Aunt May had mentioned that, uh, "Oh, Peter, you should go. You, you should go to this charity show. show. You, you, to you would love this. You'd love this. J. John Jameson's going to be there. Sweet, yeah. sweet, sweet, sweet photograph money." Sweet, sweet, um, sweet. So uh, they say, it "Sounds like a trap, but we're going to go anyway. Uh, we're going to leave the woman here to look after him. Can you take care of that? You're a samurai and a cop. We should be good." Um, then we are introduced to our final uh, protagonist. Um, there's a rooftop. There's a guy with pigeons. He's keeping pigeons. I think his name is even uh, Pigeon. And uh, Pigeon is feeding his pigeons on the rooftop when Moon Knight swoops down. And he says, what do you got for me? And while he's doing that, someone is about to take a shot at Moon Knight. But he throws one of these handy-dandy little uh, crescent uh, dagger things into the barrel of the gun, punches the guy in the face, hangs him up on the roof and says, okay, Pigeon, talk. Talk. <laughs> and Pigeon goes, oh, dear, you know, I, I had no idea that they were going to do that. I'm really sorry. Oh, um, I would never lie to you. There's a charity show. You should go to it. And, and, then, and, then, and then he helps the guy down. Then Pigeon helps the guy go down and says, isn't he smug? <laughs> Don't you hate Moon Knight? <laughs> I just really hate him. I hope he gets killed. Um, <laughs> then we cut to uh, J. Jonah Jameson, who's preparing to do his speech at the charity yeah. show. Yeah. And talking about how he's going to be great because everyone's going to be looking at him. And uh, as he's leaving, uh, Robbie Robertson is talking with, uh, I guess Ben Ben Ulrich is there. I can't really tell, but he's kind of tucked away in the corner. Uh, he's talking about how the the news is around that something's going to happen at the charity show, and it's Spider Man and, and Daredevil waiting in there. And he says, "You better get out of here because you know what what J J Jameson thinks of yeah. superheroes." And J J Jameson James out. Out, 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 out. He screams, out of the screams room. Enough, he screams his cigar out of his mouth. Um, we cut to Kingpin, who's there, and he's talking about how all of the heroes are going to be collected in this one place. He's going to take care of them. He's going to get killed. Gosh, it's, it's so awesome that this whole thing is being orchestrated by Kingpin. Yeah. He, he's, he comes up with the most clever ways of getting rid of bad guys. Even mm-hmm. though it doesn't work, yeah. they should work. He does, such a, he does such a good job. Yeah. So uh, he gives... Um, 
Um, he, he calls um, Heinrich back in and yeah. says, I know you messed up before, but here, look, here's some earplugs for you so that Kilgrave can't control you. These will right. dampen out the noise. And when Be, you're done, I want you to kill. kill. Yeah, that's the, that's the Take key care right of there. He's See, this is Kingpin taking care of all the problems, yeah. all of them. He's going to have yeah. the superheroes also one spot so Kilgrave can get the audience and everybody to attack them and kill them. Mm-hmm. And then once they're done, uh, he's going to have his goon kill uh, Kilgrave and yeah. then all these people be out of his hair. Be good. So perfect. So we cut to the charity show. And, and J. Uh, Jonah Jameson is, is given the most... Droning on. Oh, my on. gosh. His speech is, I'm so awesome. I'm the best. Yeah. The Daily Bugle is Aren't amazing. I, I should probably mention how much I gave to this charity, yeah. but I won't be crass, and, but and they, then, it was a lot. Yeah, and then they cut to a shot of the audience, and we see all of the superheroes yeah. all dressed in their normal clothes, which is pretty cool, which is kind of surprising to me was because at this point, um, Matt does not know that Peter Parker Spider-Man. And no, Pete, I don't and, think any of them know that they, anyone But the is. fact that Spider-Man and... Um, and Daredevil were saying, we need to go to this uh, yeah. thing. And then they're both there in their alter egos. Yeah. It's, it's sitting like really close to each other. Very close. Yeah. Um, so you have, I mean, all of them are within four rows of each other. They're all sitting there and you have a quick moment of uh, Moon Knight uh, with, with a guest. And they're saying, you know, you might not even get to change because we might all just fall asleep before anything happens because mm-hmm. this guy's so boring. <laughs> um, uh, Power Man and Iron Fist are the most diligent of the people there they're just sitting there going ready for anything ready for anything uh peter's thinking this guy's boring i can't believe i work for this guy and matt is thinking this there's a guy next to me smoking a cigar and it's really smelly and i'm the man without fear i shouldn't have to put up with this mm-hmm. um then jay james jameson on the stage says and introducing special guest kilgrave the purple man <laughs> like that someone says oh come on we were expecting steve martin <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they all boo they boo yeah. and he comes out and says quiet and uh, of course it goes quiet and he says uh, i want to just tell you about someone that's in the audience right now it's someone you might know he's a lawyer his name's matthew murdoch yeah, but that's not all and, he, and matt knows at this moment purple Matt's man's like, gonna reveal my secret identity yeah. because he knows who i am so yeah. so matt doing some quick thinking grabs the guy the cigar out um, of lex Luthor's mouth i just point out <laughs> it is <laughs> out of the, the guy that's sitting next lex to him his mouth and throws it on the seat in front of him that he, that he can tell is empty because of his radar yeah, sense. there's no heartbeat Oh yeah, no he heartbeat. Says, no heartbeat. That's so empty. He, so he drops the cigar on the seat. Luckily, and he mentions that it's a cheap. It's put a, together. It's a it, vinyl seat. Yeah, it's like I'm, it's I'm, really cheap. So it's yeah. going to catch on fire. And what does it do? It catches on fire. And Matt has he's come up with the perfect scheme. Yeah. He he screams fire, fire, yeah. fire. And, and it's funny they mention. He says yeah, he says okay, you're a lawyer, Matt. So you know what to do now. Yeah. The only only thing left to do is to shout fire, fire. fire. <laughs> so the uh, audience panics and starts running yeah, out. Everyone starts to go out and yeah. chaos ensues. And while chaos ensues, everybody, everybody changes, changes into yeah. their superhero outfits. We see that Moon Knight can change just as fast as anyone else. He does yeah. it across two panels with one sentence. Um, and he's he sees Spider-Man. Um, and he says, Spider-Man's here. I wonder if the news about him being a killer is true and if J. Jonah Jameson is his intended uh, victim and he's just about to swing down and um, uh, Daredevil swats him and says Spider-Man I've got him look out behind you and <laughs> Spider-Man says that's Moon Knight he's not a bad guy yeah. uh, they crash on the, the stage pretty hard uh, Power Man and Iron Fist have changed already they all run onto the stage ready to fight each other because of course that's what superheroes do. They get, do. Get more than one of them in a room and they want to fight. And they're all standing there. And then J. Jonah Jameson's like, I knew it. You guys are all bad. You're scheming You're together. You're scum. And then Purple Man does exactly what Kingpin knew he would do. 
Um, he tells all the audience people, kill the superheroes, kill the superheroes. Yeah. So now the superheroes stop fighting each other, and they look and they see a crowd of hundreds of people running mm-hmm. towards the stage to destroy them. And uh, I love this this part. Luke Cage is like, we got to get out of here. So he takes his fist and he just punches a hole in the wall. Yep. Big splash page. Yeah. And then uh, they go outside and they're like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like your approach, Luke. That, that's, that's a great way yeah. to do it. Nice way. And then they realize that it was a televised show because everyone in the street is saying, kill the heroes, kill yeah. the heroes. So they're like, oh, wow, we are up against everyone. So they make they make a break for it and run away. Um, Moonlight and Daredevil. Kilgrave's power? I think through TV it shouldn't. It hasn't in the past. They yeah. mentioned. I think there was one story in the past where he did something over the radio, maybe, but I can't remember if it was. I don't know. I can't remember either. Yeah. So they're all they're all wandering around. Um, I may be getting mixed up with someone else. Um, and Daredevil and Moon Knight hang back and they say, "Well, oh, you look like you got the right idea. We're going to hold back and let the other heroes drag them away and hide and see what's happening." Heinrich is still in there and he's like, "Okay, now's my chance. I'm going to shoot this guy." He and points the and gun. He, yeah, he does, and, and uh, he's getting ready to shoot it at um, Moonlight, pur- uh, Purple Man, it's a Purple Man. But before he does, um, uh, Moon Knight ends up taking him down with one of his crescent little moons. No, he uses nunchucks. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. He uses his nunchucks. Yeah, takes him down and realizes that hey, he had stuff in his, he had earplugs in, so that's how he's not affected by Purple Man. So he's like, that gives me an idea. Yeah. So he, t- uh, Moon Knight, obviously, we don't see it in this panel, but he's going to take those earplugs, put yeah. them in to go it will stop play, Purple it will Man. It'll play out in yeah. a second. So um, Daredevil so ends up showing up to Purple, Purple Man. Purple Man says, I know you're there, and I know yeah. what you're going to do, so turn the lights out. This is what you always do. And throughout this section, he keeps calling him Murdoch. He makes a point. Of, yeah. But he pointedly says, Murdoch, Murdoch, which is interesting because uh, this is being televised. Um so he says, you know, <laughs> with the amplification in the auditorium, because I'm going through these speakers, you've been able to resist me in the past, but watch this. My powers have increased since last we met. Drop your billy club. And he says, that's not going to work. You oh, know that great. I can resist. Uh, and, and then he drops it, the He billy drops club. it. He's like, I don't get it. I can't do it. And then Purple Man, he goes, choke yourself. Yeah. Like, suffocate yourself. Make yeah. it so you can't. Strangle yourself. Yeah. Right now. Right now. And so he's on the ground. He's struggling. Daredevil, he's he's not able to withstand um, uh, Purple Man's request. And yeah. then out of the shadows, here comes Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, he, and he grabs Purple Man and takes him down. And he's he able said, to, he's Purple able Man says, go eat your cape. And he says, are you not listening to me? I said, go eat your cape. Yeah. So obviously he couldn't hear what Purple Man was saying because yeah. of the earplugs. So he's able to take him down, yeah. And which is all awesome. Now, Daredevil realizes at this moment, oh, crud, he was in the area. So um, this means that that uh, Moon Knight's going to know that I'm that Matt Murdock and Daredevil are the same mm-hmm. because he obviously heard what uh, Kilgrave was saying. Yeah. But it turns out that no, that's not the case because these earplugs block out all the sound. And Moon yeah. and Moonlight, Moon Knight's like Daredevil. I can see you're talking, but hold on, I can't hang hear on you yeah, yet. He says, "I hope you're going to respect yeah. my wishes and not reveal my secret oh, that's identity." What Daredevil tells and he says, him, "Hang on, hang on, hang wait, on. wait, wait." What were you saying? Yeah, he takes out the earplugs and he goes, "Oh, I was just saying thanks, Moon Knight." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very suave, very yeah. suave. And they shake hands. And uh, so now we cut to the street, have a really weird we shot the, of, yeah, of Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It looks like the uh, the Macy's parade or something. Yeah, a big balloon. Um, so Spider-Man, Power Man, and Iron Fist running down the street being chased with people trying to they kill have to, them. They have to figure out a way to get from, away from the mob. And, yeah. and ultimately, Spider-Man ends up coming with the idea. He, he remembers that Daredevil told him, we got to shock them, cold mm-hmm. water, that, mm-hmm. that'll work out. So what he does is he traps them all in this big, gigantic net. Yeah. And then they go up on the rooftop, and Power Man... 
um, ends up taking out this um, big water. Uh, yeah, Power Man picks up a water uh, 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 tower. Water tower. Lays it down because it's, you know, he's strong, but he's not, he can't just walk around yeah. with that thing. That's a yeah. huge, that's like uh, hundreds of gallons of water. Um, and then he says, okay, over to you, um, Danny. Mm-hmm. And Danny summons his chi, uh, finds the weak spot in the tower, which <laughs> could be anywhere. It's a wooden tower. <laughs> I mean, but he uses his chi. He punches it and uh, the water cascades down on the crowd below, shocking them all mm-hmm. and making them realize that they don't want to kill the heroes. Right. Um, Spider-Man swings down and... One of, one of those people was J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson wanted and, to kill uh, him. They're threatening Probably each other. Wants to kill but him. I love this moment. This is a really awesome moment. Um, so uh, J. Jonah Jameson is right in Spider-Man's face saying, you know, you're terrible, I hate you, You need blah, 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 blah. And Spider-Man is like, I have had enough. Mm-hmm. He goes, put a plug in it, Jonah. Um, and then he tells him, look... I just saved this town and I'll go on saving it and you'll go on filling your papers with lies about me. And every once in a while, I'll get the crazy urge to rip your arms off. Mm-hmm. I love that. And he goes, but yeah. then I'll just think back to how you look right now and I'll know it wasn't worth, and it's all worthwhile. Yeah. Seeing the funny papers. I yeah. thought that was awesome. And then yeah, it's a great off. moment. And then he walks off. They put a gag on Kilgrave so he can't, so all he can do is, and you know, and then he says, uh, that will stop him from telling anyone to do anything or telling anyone that I'm dead. I mean, uh, that, that I'm Matt Murder. Um, then we cut to the kingpin. Um, yeah, this is when he says, I don't punish the messenger. And uh, and it's uh, Hildy. Hildy says, uh, okay, the contact in the police department says they have Kilgrave. Heinrich is uh, under wraps and uh, the super type got away unharmed. Uh, guess you blew it. Hope you aren't angry with me. And... He says, no, I'm not angry with you. Of course not. Yeah, so uh, Hildy mocks Kingpin, gets away with it. And I love how Kingpin goes. He says, um, look, this sucks that I failed, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, my plan was flawless, but apparently they, they, thwart- there was a flaw. they, they thwarted <laughs> me again. Yeah. But the only thing that matters is I only have to be right once. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, he, you know, point. as long as I stay clean, as long as I stay away and let other people get dirty, mm-hmm. which is my power, um, all it's going to take is my one success, and I'll be done. And it will come because I'm going to get rid of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the end of uh, yeah. The, of what That's we're going to be covering. Yeah, boy, we ta- we we did a lot of uh, we talked a lot. We talked a lot in this one. Hope Thanks you guys for like, indulging yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening to us and putting up with our little rants mm-hmm. about about stuff not even Daredevil related sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the next episode will be pure Daredevil. Yeah, we have um, four very fun issues yeah, introduces one of my favorite uh, villains in this in this little section. Yeah. Yeah, it's some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of it's four more Frank Miller issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get we get some fun uh, just just some fun we go stuff. We going to Super Ninja around. Land basically. Yeah, we, we get some more Kingpin too, which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, me it, too. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We, Thank you, everyone. We appreciate all the support. You know, yeah. s- send us comments, questions, like us, all that jazz. Yeah, and recommend uh, things as well. We had someone yeah. recommend some uh, Gene Cohen yeah. and uh, Stanley issues, which on uh, Facebook. we didn't that, know about. That yeah. was fun, yeah. Yeah, that was really, really great. I look forward because a lot of what we do is based on a reading list that we've compiled way, way in advance. And sometimes it means that we stumble on things where it's like, oh, look, there's one panel of Daredevil. And mm-hmm. I think we need to talk about that too much. And other times it means that we're missing some things and it's it's stuff that's connected to the world but isn't necessarily of 
the world because it's not directly to Daredevil, but it's right. characters from that. So it's nice to be recommended stuff. So thank you. Yeah. That okay. was great. All right, yeah. everybody. Well, I'm Joshua. I'm Jamie. And, and we, we just, just did Daredevil. Daredevil.